Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Oh, welcome in here. Brian No, Jimmy Cook. Pleased to be with you here on The Fan this afternoon. We got water in the thing. <laughs> what, what is that? The fountain? Just, we got water. We got the NCAA tournament, Jimmy Cook. That's what we really have over here, huh? You fired up like me? Woo! <laughs> Do you retrieve in miracles, YouTube chat? No one can see this shirt in the radio audience. This is terrible radio, but I'm hyped. I am excited. The brackets are done. Some early bets are placed. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You know what's funny is UMBC, this is before they beat Virginia. I still remember Jim Nance. I don't remember what close game they played. I want to say it was in the first round. They were a very lowly seated team, and he was just like, the retrievers. He had nothing. He had nothing in his notes other than they're the retrievers. retrievers. And it was this close game. They didn't pull that one out. But I always think of Jim Nance from the game before they upset Virginia. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're household names at this point. Yeah, this is my break this shirt out once, maybe twice a year, depending on how I'm feeling. If I want to try to quickly wash it on Friday, but I've had it a couple years. All through high school, the jokes with friends was, Will we ever see a 16 versus a 1? Because we all love to fill up brackets. And, sure. Eh, it'll probably never happen. But a buddy of mine would always text, like, every time there was a close game, uh, Syracuse had a scare my senior year. I can't remember who it was. It was early uh, first half. And it's like, oh, is this a watch? Do we need to be careful? Syracuse pulls away. Very rarely do you ever get to flirt with destiny like that. And, man, it was so awesome when that happened. Yeah, there were a couple of times. I can't remember the Princeton-Georgetown year. That was a long time ago, but that was close. One point, one point game, but it still felt like, nah, it's not going to happen. That's the way it feels this year where the number one seeds, I don't think anyone's lower than a 20 point favorite. You know, Kansas favored by 22, Bama by 24. Let's see. Purdue is favored by 23. <laughs> so I, I don't know if we're going to see a, a 16 over a 1 this season. Um, yeah, we got three of them today. Houston plays. also. Okay, Houston's under a 20-point favorite. Houston's favored by 18.5 against Northern Kentucky. Maybe this is me letting the betting culture influence me too much, but I have such little faith in the 16s this year, primarily because sports books like DraftKings – have lowered it. Like, hey, we can give you plus 200 just for 11 points you're only giving up if you pick a one seed here. If you pick Houston and you pick uh, Kansas, for example. That screams a little bit scariness to me there. Like, they're trying to bait me into taking that bet. But the more that they hype up and pump up on the betting markets one seeds, the more I'm like, yeah. So let me get this straight. You parlay two I think that's what of the is. one seeds one together. Right. And then what? They lower the total it's like a teased down but okay. it's better juice than you would get if you teased it manually okay but you would still have to have them covered by what 12 11 or 12 I think. okay yeah. all right yep. yeah it's like I didn't what do, do you, it what do you guys know that i don't yeah. know yeah. What, what do you know about northern kentucky that exactly. i'm missing over here i always say this rule of thumb jimmy if you can't name the nickname chances are the program's garbage it's just a general rule of thumb over here like fairly dickinson I, I don't know. I got nothing. 
Yeah. I have absolutely nothing. And that's a good segue because we got a <laughs> low-life Fairly Dickinson coach over here talking smack against the one-seed Purdue Boilermakers. Eddie Garrison, if you could, this is Tobin Anderson. Now he's hyping up his guys. He's hyping up his guys for tomorrow night's game against Zach Eady and company. Here's what the Fairleigh Dickinson coach said to his guys. I don't want this. I don't want Purdue to see this, right? I walked in breakfast this morning, Cam. What did you say to me, Cam? Merle, Merle, where's Cam? Merle? He's The more I watch Purdue, the more I think we can beat him. Let's go shock the world. Let's go do this. Hey, enjoy, enjoy this one. Enjoy this one. Be humble, right? Be humble. Enjoy this one. We go back. We're headed. We're headed to Columbus. Guys. Okay, a few things here. Um, he talks insanely fast, so I couldn't understand everything. But I think it's hilarious that one sentence he says: "The more I watch Purdue, like." I'm generally translating. I don't know if this is word for word. The more I watch Purdue, the more I think we can beat him. And then he preaches being humble. (laughs) Wait, what? The humble thing doesn't fit there, coach. You know, if we got swagger, if we're talking trash, if we're David trying to slay Goliath, that's not the part where you you insert, let's be humble too, guys. Which makes this be its own Zagruder film with audio, if you will, because there's a big debate in the comment section of what did the coach say as the camera started rolling? Did he say... I don't want Purdue to see this, or I want Purdue to see this. And if he did say, I don't want Purdue to see this, then perhaps he thought, okay, we're going to end with be humble because that's the cut they're going to use. They're not going <laughs> to use the whole thing where I'm like, ah, oh, the more I see Purdue, the more I like there their chances. You go. I like your theory. So he's like, <laughs> Zach Eady, let me tell you something. You want to talk overrated? You look up in the dictionary overrated, you're going to see a freaking picture of Zach Eady right there. All right, all right, all right. Forget that. Like, don't put that on social. All right, guys, let's be humble. You know, this is a this is a great opportunity. Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. But be humble. Enjoy it. Be humble. Maybe that, I like that theory. Can we get it one more time? He again. I don't know if he had 19 pots of coffee or what, but there were a handful of sentences. I'm like, what, coach? What's going on? But then when he delivers the line, the more I watch Purdue, the more I think we can beat him. You hear probably one of the players go, ooh. Ooh, like they heard that one. Here you go. I don't want this. I don't want Purdue to see this, right? I walked in breakfast this morning. Cam, what did you say to me, Cam? Merle, Merle, where's Cam? Merle? The more I watch Purdue, the more I think we can beat him. Let's go shock the world. Let's go do this. Hey, enjoy this one. Enjoy this one. Be humble, right? Be humble. Enjoy this one. We go back. We're headed to Columbus. Okay, now here's the other takeaway. And this is the more serious side of it because half of it is hysterical. But the other half, if I'm Matt Painter and I'm Purdue, this is the time to act like a bully, not just in this game against Fairleigh Dickinson because they're going to waltz to a victory. We know that. Yeah. I want Purdue to act like the bully throughout the entire tournament. Like, they have... They're tied for the third best odds to win the whole thing. And you've got Fairleigh Dickinson's coach saying the more I watch this team, the more I think we can beat them. I would take all this personally. I would be playing this on a loop to my guys. Now, I don't know. I might coach a basketball team like it's a football team, and I'd have them so jacked up and juiced that we couldn't hit a shot. (laughs) But we'd play with a lot of physicality, and we'd probably fall out by halftime. But I, I would absolutely get in my my players heads of 
you have got to be the aggressors. You can't get pushed around by anybody out there. Matt Painter doesn't need me to help coach his team. He has it figured out. But that's the message I would be preaching is we got fairly Dickinson talking trash. They're going to feel our wrath and everybody else needs to as well. Couple things. The old adage of don't wake the sleeping giant is always prevalent and should be preached in every major locker room across the country, particularly if you are a 16 going up against a one, right? There's just a certain level of, and, and uh, Coach Jay Wright has said it on the CBS or uh, True TV telecast last couple of nights of you want to try to catch them sleepwalking, not have them actively trying to make an yeah. example out of you. Yeah. The other side of that coin, and to your point, this is a great opportunity for particularly the freshman guards, Purdue, to get confidence, get elevated, and take that bully ball of not going away from Zach Eady, but showing we're not going to be pushed around. We're going to make a statement right out of the gate, and perhaps this run is going to be different than years past. I like it. This is <laughs> uh, Reggie Miller used to say this all the time. Like For any scorer, you get your rhythm by going to the free throw line. You go to the free throw line, get a couple of you know, free throws to go in, get your confidence up, yep. and all of a sudden outside shots start falling. This is the free throw game for Purdue. I like where you're going with this. Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith, yep. anybody shooting from the outside, like get your rhythm, you know, get your confidence. This should be a confidence boosting game. I really don't care about the final score. I would be looking primarily to outside shooting just to see if they're starting to get on the right Particularly track. those open looks. It's been the biggest mark against them the last couple of weeks has been you're getting so many high-quality looks, but they're not going down. This is a team that does know how to shoot the basketball. If you get hot in a game like this, start the tournament the right way. All about confidence from this point because we know barring something catastrophic happening, Purdue's not losing this game. Use it as a statement game. Use it as a confidence booster. I'm right there with you. Okay, so we got gambling on our brains as well here, Jimmy. So we'll have Doug Kazarian from ESPN's Daily Wager at 1230. Doug is a sharp guy. I like what he has to say. And, uh, you know, we got games tipping off here in, what, about three minutes? We get West Virginia, Maryland, any plays during the show today? We've got a good, what, five games going on during the show today, at least – Texas A&M, Corpus Christi against Alabama. They tip toward the tail end of the show at 245. But we have five games going on while we're on the air, Jimmy. You got any plays here? I have. West Virginia was minus 130 when I did it. I think the spread was was two and a half or so last night. So I placed this last night just to answer the transparency. We have a money line bet out on West Virginia. <laughs> we have a money line bet out on Furman, which is plus 205 against Virginia. Uh, that's a, that's a, a 25 to win uh 77 wager uh, just for units perspective and then shout out to my boy Rob Brown Uh, we mentioned him on the show on Monday he's out in Vegas uh, with his buddies um, and enjoying the the ballroom setup over there watching the games preaching to us something that's right up your neck of the woods you love those first half over-unders yeah he says first games of the session and there's multiple of those across today and tomorrow first game of the session Look at the over-under first half totals for both teams combined. Yep. If your number's 70 or higher, take the under. There's only one game like that today. It is Missouri and Utah State under 72 and a half. First half is where I went. That's what I'm riding with. Because you're right. talking specifically first game first, of the First day. game, first yeah. half. People are still filing in. It's usually dead on those first session games 
particularly when it's, I mean, no disrespect to Utah State and Missouri, and I don't know what the second game is offhand, but crowd starts to file in, crowd starts to get ready for that second game, energy is high octane level, second half, first half, look for a number 70 or greater, take the under, that's what I'm doing today. You know what, I'm really interested in 15 minutes when we talk to Doug Kazarian, he likes the over for the game. For the game in that one. In Utah State, okay. Missouri. So I'm really curious what he thinks in the first half. It's at 73 right now. And if Doug sells me, I still have time to get out because that game's not to 140. Can, so. can we have a friendly wager on Absolutely. what we think Doug Kazarian's first half wager is going to be? Because if he likes the over for the game, I'm prone to think he's going to like the over for the first half, although it's not set in stone, he would. Does that mean that the... Was it 144 and a half, 145 for the game? No, for Utah State, Missouri, 155 150, and a half. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure I didn't. I'm just trying to make sure I didn't butcher my math because that's always possible as well. I've done that. No, before. they always do that. But, like, yeah. They typically have like the lower first yeah. half, you know. But uh, yeah, we. I looked at. I peeked at. I think he goes over first half. Then I think. I think. I think based he does on too. what he's backing for the game, that would be my guess. That's, so, that's what I think too. But we'll find out. We'll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Doug Kazarian's betting insight. For the over sake here. of argument, uh, I understand that um, it won't. It doesn't have to be a, obviously the alcohol variety. Uh, I, I will grab you something to drink of your choice tomorrow at uh, Bottle Works when we're on the remote uh, after the show. Whether it's a, a Coke or a snack or something that you'd like, uh, that sounds good. Put it that way, I could go with the snack. That sounds. Sure. I'll delicious. take. I'll take the under. I'll You'll say he says first half under since that's what I'm backing. Okay, just for the sake of argument, <laughs> even though it. I agree with you, I'll, I'll back it. He uh, he will love this. Oh, yeah. we're gambling on what his gamble <laughs> yes. might be. I'm Brian, though. He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. While we have hoops on the brain. We also have Colts on the brain as well here, Jimmy. What do you think about this as we're looking at the drying up quarterback market for the Colts? They need a backup QB. They need a backup slash starting QB for who knows how long, maybe half the season, maybe all of the season, depending on which quarterback they get in the draft, right? Like, let's say they got Gardner Minshew and drafted Anthony Richardson. Gardner Minshew might start... Most, if not all, of the entire season, you know? So you've got right now Gardner Minshew is out there and Teddy Bridgewater is out there. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much the list right there of the top 10 guys. And lists are going to vary from from place to place. But most of these guys have been gobbled up. Look at this. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's with the Raiders. Jacoby Brissett, he's with the Commanders. You didn't want to run it back with Jacoby, huh? No, no, no. I, 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 there's a lot. There's a Chris Berman liner hidden in there. The Raiders, and I was wondering if Eddie was going to play it after uh, you okay. said the Raiders. But anyway, I got go sorry. No, I was admiring that we're finally underway here. And woo, uh, happy oh, Madness! There we are. We got points already. Points already, Jimmy. What's the? We got to look at the end game. Uh, West Virginia and Maryland. I'm just curious, just out of curiosity. I'm wondering what it is. We can test this theory. In live action, we got another score. We got another score. DraftKings always ahead. What do you want? What do you want? Over under? You want money line? You want spread? What do you want? Uh, it, it goes dark what until got? What after got? I got the lights. first media. What do we I got? got lights. What do we got? I got lights. I got numbers. I got intel. You do? What yep. do you have? For uh, first over half? under? Oh, first half? Yeah, it's okay. dark. That's what I was asking you for. Dark I'm right just now. looking at uh, full game. Full game, yeah. First half. Uh, it's dark, I think. I'll tell you what. If you're trying yep. to live bet a total or a spread or a money line in like the first half, the best time to get it is when there's about five minutes to go because then you can really tell 63 and a half. how the final five minutes are going to go. There's always a regression or... 62 and a half. <laughs> Keep dropping. Sorry. 
I'm also trying to be funny as well with that, so I apologize. You know, there's always like a positive or a negative regression. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch because if a team comes out really hot, like last night with Arizona State, they literally could not miss oh, for like the man. first 15 minutes. Yeah. And then they went ice cold because it's like, you know, law averages, it's going to catch up eventually. So that's kind of like what I look into a little bit. And then, uh, so I'll probably have a live bet at some point in there this game. That's what we like. We need locked. a sound effect for a live bet. You know, I could be in mid-sentence, Eddie. If you have a live bet, I want the sound effect and you just butt right in. And I, I'm going in this knee-deep explanation about Lamar Jackson and the Colts' pursuit. No, I want the sound effect and I'm under this Furman game right now. I, I don't even care what I'm saying. I want to hear that. I'll find I don't something. Wanna, I don't want to know what the sound is before either. I want you to just pick something at <laughs> random and just play it. Okay. We'll see if we both, all of us, remember what's happening. Can we gamble on the sound effect we think Eddie is going to... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're not that good. I mean, I, I would do it, but I, I don't know where it would start. We'd need like a whole board. Okay. It's the derby. So all the uh, the free agent quarterbacks over here. Here's the list. Getting back to that. Andy Dalton, Panthers. Gone. Sam Darnold, 49ers. See you later. Baker Mayfield, Tampa Bay. Yep. Taylor Heineke's with the Falcons. Think about that. Taylor Heineke was starting multiple games last season. Now he's backing up Desmond Ritter with the Falcons. Good Lord. Mike F. and White goes to the Dolphins. Like So right now we have Lamar, yep. who's a little bit different. He's a lot different than just your run-of-the-mill free agent. Correct. You know, you got to give up two first-rounders, sign him to an ungodly high deal. That's in a different category there. So really it's Gardner Minshew and Teddy Bridgewater. That, that's what we're looking yeah. at right now. Barring them going the trade route, which we can't really speculate on because it, you could throw anybody at that point if they're trying to get in the veteran market via trade. So not to open up that can of worms, sticking with what you mentioned. I actually wanted to get your opinion on that because we talked about it earlier this week uh, when Scott Agnes was in here regarding how this market is drying up and it's a weird no-man's-land territory you're in with free agency before the draft and the Colts knowing in theory, assuming they're taking a quarterback at four or trading up to three, whichever they do, but a quarterback is their ultimatum, what are you going to do to support him? Because if you're taking Levis or Richardson, regardless of which one you or I think is better, I think we both can agree they're projects mm-hmm. in that I, I'm not starting them week one. Whether you want to start them first year, that's up for debate, but I'm not starting them week one. You might have to if you don't get somebody in here. Got to get someone. Minshew makes sense. Yeah. Everybody points to it for a number of different reasons. The Shane Steichen connection. I think you could get him at an efficient contract. That's not going to be something that you're like trying to grapple with if Richardson or Levis is a star by year two or by middle of the season this year. And I mean, look, I How like Teddy Bridgewater, but oh, Teddy, but Teddy. Uh, like I, I remember, I like him as a person. I'm not saying right, like right, right. talent level. I'm begging to sign him. I hoped that he would get a second, third. He got those chances. I hoped he would excel at those second and third chances since I remember being in college when he tore his ACL or whatever it was in, oh, in Minnesota. Well, and, yeah, in practice. Yeah. yeah, that was brutal. It almost ended his career. Yeah, they thought they might have to amputate. At a, that's wild right there. But yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew. I'm curious what Gardner's going to get as far as his contract goes. Because Baker Mayfield, he got what, eight and a half million mm-hmm. to go over to Tampa? It was a one year, right? One year deal. That's what I... Would assume, unless someone's looking to lock up a long-term backup and Minshew's accepting of that, because his options would be, in theory, starting for the Colts as a bridge or being a backup somewhere. So what gets him more money? What matters to him more? Does familiarity of an offense to prove himself? He has that familiarity with Shane Steichen. Maybe that's a springboard for him to get another 
contract sizably next year somewhere else. Maybe he likes that opportunity. You know what's crazy is you look at this list and you can see how you can go to journeyman status real fast in the NFL where you get a chance to start if you're a higher draft pick and they give you the keys and if it doesn't click, you might be a journeyman immediately because you start thinking about this. Think about Gardner Minshew right now if he ends up in Indianapolis. Compare that to Geno Smith who for years was a journeyman after it didn't work out with the New York Jets. Took him six years, and he finally got a chance to start taking over for Russell Wilson in Seattle. Look at what he was surrounded by. I mean, you could do a whole lot worse than DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett around the league. (laughs) You run around this list, and there are a lot of guys It's like, Man, what what are they surrounded by? What what's Taylor Heineke's legitimate chance to get on the field and have great success? You know what I mean? Like I think Mike White is in a decent spot because Tua we all know his injury issues and think if Mike F and White gets on the field, you got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, you got a legitimate chance to show off what you have. That's the Geno Smith model. If Geno went there, he was backing up Russ. He got on the field for a handful of games and then they gave him a a chance. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Going to a, be a backup with maybe an injury prone quarterback and you've got weapons to throw to should you get on the field. That's the best case scenario for these journeyman quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, it's all based on where they feel their journeyman status can still take them, right? Do you, Can you go the Geno path, which is I still believe I can be a starter. I'm going to continue to work at it, wait for my opportunity, and I'm going to cash in when it happens like Geno did. Or are you reserved to the fact, you know what? I still want to be in this league. I love the sport. I know I see the game while I have a good mind. I want to be in a quarterback room and I want to help and nourish and teach. And yeah, if you need me, if an injury happens, like a short-term injury, not a long-term, like, you know, would be speculated if it happened to Tua, I can help you. I'm going to help this team win and I'm going to make a nice amount of money doing it. It's all about whether their goals are still at. For a guy like Gino, it was still to be a starter. For Gardner Minshew, I don't know where his goals are. He's still relatively young. You would get a role here in Indy, in theory, as the starting quarterback, albeit with not the weapons that Geno Smith has. But you'd have an opportunity to shine and cash in next year, in theory, if you sign a one-year deal. Yeah, I just look at some of these guys. But you're right. That's the best opportunity. I get that they want to start right away. I totally appreciate the competitiveness, and you don't want to hold the clipboard, and you want to be the starter no matter where it is. The journeyman. The journeyman quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but man, dude, you could get in a rough situation, and it's like if you're not surrounded by a lot of talent, and you fizzle out again, your options are just going to be that much yeah. worse going forward. So I don't know. I think sometimes the longer term approach is the better way to go for some of these quarterbacks. They fizzled out of the first spot, and being a backup in a, a really talented place that that might be the best way to go. Yeah, if I had the option, right, and I don't know if Miami looked at Minshew, but if you're asking me whose situation I would like better, right? yes, it, it is. totally agree with you. It's the injury-prone, yeah. high-octane offense. Or, hey, I can shine. I could, right. I don't have to – not that you don't have to play within yourself, but you're not having to carry the team. You have enough complimentary pieces around you already that you're an injury away. It's a tricky one, right? Yeah. Like, compare Mike White going to the Dolphins with everything you just explained yep. to – potentially Gardner Minshew coming to Indianapolis. What's different is that Minshew might start a lot of games. So that can be appealing. But again, you go back to what are you surrounded by? A questionable offensive line. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., who is at his highest point, a high, high level wide receiver too. An Alec Pierce that's entering his second year. 
but one of the top running backs in the league, assuming he's healthy and assuming it's a bounce back for the O-line and Jonathan Taylor, I'd rather be in Miami. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. All right, coming up next, Doug Kazarian, host of ESPN's Daily Wager. We'll look at the tournament uh, with a, uh, a gambling kind of perspective here. It's not going to be all gambling. A lot of hoops content, whether you're laying a literal penny or not on any of these games. And Jimmy and I will be gambling on what Doug is gambling on. So that should be fun. Inception gambling. It's beautiful. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm Brian No, he's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Want to welcome in Doug Kazarian, host of ESPN's Daily Wager, joins us here on the show. Doug, welcome in, man. Uh, hope your, your tournament is going great so far. So we are gambling on one of your potential gambles over here, Doug. All right, you ready for this? Uh, Jimmy I'm Cook re- and I, we've got um, uh, a vested interest on what you might do where you're leaning in the first half of the Utah State-Missouri game. So we know that you like the over for the full game. That's at 155.5 right now. First half is at 73. Are you looking over or under in Utah State-Missouri first half? Well, if I'm going to like the over for the game, I'm not going to try to thread the needle with an under in the first half. I would look to the over there. My concern is that Mountain West has just been terrible. They've lost nine straight now. In the, con- in the big dance after last night's loss by Nevada. So it's really hard to back a Mountain West team in a pick game. I really think the Aggies are a fun team to watch and all that good stuff, but you have to question the competition, even though the metrics kind of like them this year. Doug, I know you have a piece out as well on ESPN.com, but the main question I'm sure you've been getting the last couple of days is people have been filling out their bracket or getting their bets in early. Your favorite bets in the first day of action today – what do you like? Where are you really leaning at in terms of the full slate of games? Right. So on the column that you mentioned, uh, I had, I believe, eight plays. And my best bet on the show this morning is going on right now. It's the first game of the day, and that's West Virginia. Uh, minus two, two and a half. And so obviously things are going well. Maryland has not scored in about six minutes. So obviously that's preferable for that to continue. But, you know, they all, like, I like a lot of games today, more than I do tomorrow, but they're all, um, you know, I, I do like the San Diego State Aztecs minus the five. You know, even though I mentioned the struggles with the Mountain West, I just, uh, it's a little different when you're the best team and then also laying points. Uh, I don't think it's an inflated record, so to speak. Uh, I'm laying the points with Arizona. I think Princeton will be have a very tough time dealing with the seven-footers for Arizona. And I don't think this Tigers team is good like we've seen in previous Ivy League runs in the tournament. So I do like Princeton minus the two touchdowns. Sorry, Arizona minus the two touchdowns. And then back to the short numbers. Um, Arkansas against Illinois. I really like the Razorbacks here. Obviously, Brad Underwood's solid. 
as a head coach, but I feel like the Illini kind of peaked early in the year, and they've just been sort of running on fumes down the stretch. So I'm going to back Arkansas laying the short number. I think Eric Musselman's also a very good coach and gets this team rallying. I like Oral Roberts against Duke. I think the ACC is not good, and I think they are playing well, and they could make a run for sure. They, they look great, but it's also the ACC a down year for the conference. So uh, I would say and then my favorite play outside of West Virginia is the under in the Northwestern Boise State game. We are looking at like 128. I um, I really like the under. Both teams rank in the top 20 and adjusted defensive efficiency. Both offenses are like 80 or 100. So I think we see a very half-court measured offensive game and hopefully not too many fouls at the end. It's the best way to make an ugly game pretty, Doug, is taking the under 128 and being right, you know? And no one can buy a shot. It just makes it <laughs> glorious right there. How about the stay-away games between today and tomorrow? What are some of the games where you're like, ah, no thanks, I'll look for a better spot? You know, that's a really good question. I, um, you know, I, I'm not really sure because the, there's an angle on every game, right? So, because that's what the that's what the tournament is so special. Because we just watch conference tournaments, and sometimes teams are playing for the third time in the regular season, and then it's a familiar opponent if the coaches have been there a while, and it's you know back to back to back days you're playing as well. So it's a really different situation versus this foreign opponent, foreign environment, and just everything is so special. And so there's always an angle on every game. It just is. I, I understand, you know, there are games to stay away, but I, I think everything's case by case. Like, I have a pick in, like, every game. I, I just, you know, with the Kansas and Howard, like the, some of these one sixteen matchups, no opinion. No opinion on these 24-point spreads, these 22-point spreads. But outside of that, I mean, even Auburn-Iowa, which should be, a, you know, they're both major conference teams, both have issues, both have strengths. But this game's in Birmingham, and I like the crowd maybe getting and rattling Fran McCaffrey. So there's always an angle on a lot of these games. Um, but we don't need to play every game either because we have the bracket. So you already have rooting interest in every game. Doug, have you played or did you play any futures, either that you were riding since the start of the season or maybe that you played after Selection Sunday based on the draw? Yeah, you know, going into this tournament, there's a few that I like in terms of like the region odds. I have West Virginia 25 to 1 to win the region. I think they can really muck things up against Alabama. And if they disrupt them with their physicality, that could throw Alabama off because Alabama leads all major conference teams with three point attempts per game. So I think West Virginia is like a flyer. They could be this year's UNC coming from a really good conference as an eight or nine seed because they rack up losses. But those, a lot of those are quad one losses. So. Uh, they're battle-tested, things like that. And the Big 12 is so special this year. So I really like the idea of taking a, you know, one, a, a team on a really, really elite conference that you know, maybe just doesn't win every game. That's fine. But um, I even have a flyer on Penn State at 35-1 to 1 to win the region. No major conference team makes more threes than Penn State. So they're a fun team. They, knew, they know who they are. They can spread the floor and shoot the three. And they can make a run. Now, do I expect to cash those tickets? Of course not. But um, you know they're really they're really they're really fun. And then yeah. there's other teams like I think I think Marquette makes a run. I think Gonzaga can make a run. You know, pretty much what everyone says. But it's hard to find value in the one-way betting market. 
He's Doug Kazarian, host of ESPN's Daily Wager, joining us here on The Fan. There are so many different ways to bet on these games, Doug, as you well know, like first half, totals, sides, player props. What typically is your go-to for the first couple of days of this tournament specifically? You know, it's a great question because if you've ever been in a Vegas sportsbook for the tournament, you'll understand there's some really fun like props where – you can bet like like the 16 seeds. You can bet first to 10, first to 20 points, and the whole place is erupting. You get a few threes, and it's kind of fun to get plus money on some of those props. But for the most part, you know, it's really case by case. I'd love to say, like, oh, I typically like unders or whatever. It's just hard to say that. I think it's all case by case and, uh, you know, team dependent. Like, and it's hard to have, like I said, the Mountain West, right? You can't just fade them in every game because I think San Diego State's really good, but Maybe the next tier of teams is not. So it's it's hard to just fade one conference. Like Duke could seriously go on a run. They're healthy. They're clicking. They're seventeen and one at full strength. So say what you want about the ACC, they could very easily be a quality team. So I, I don't want to make these blanket statements, but I will say remind everyone if you're going to bet the under in a game, I would split up the units to the first half because the end of these games is the end of the season. So mm-hmm. teams are more likely to foul for no reason. Let's say a situation where you're down like eight with 30 seconds to go. You're more likely to foul in a tournament game than you are at the end of a regular season game. They may just let you dribble out and you know live to fight another day during the regular season. But in the tournament, it's your last game for the season. You're fouling. You're trying anything, right? So you could get some garbage points. So those are things to keep in mind where there might be line value and circumstantial. But I don't have like a blanket rule or blanket approach like, oh, I love first half unders in the morning games or <laughs> fade. I mean, it's, it's very hard to have those narratives. Um, and some, you could probably find some stats that make it convenient, but they're not always like battle tested. Doug, I know it doesn't tip until tomorrow, but from the local angle, Indiana and Kent State, the Hoosiers opened at five and a half point favorites on Selection Sunday. It's dropped from four and now back up to four and a half. Uh, Do you have a play in that game? And if you don't, your evaluation of that matchup uh, between the Golden Flashes and the Hoosiers? Yeah, you know, I'm bummed because these are two teams I wanted to bet on in the big dance. I think Kent State got a raw deal. Like, I think the 13 seeds are good this year, uh, and I think the 14 seeds don't win a game. So that's just my opinion. I think there's a gap between the. So I think Kent State's obviously, you know, Indiana is going to pose a lot of problems for Indiana. I like the Hoosiers a lot. I bet on them against Maryland in the conference tournament. I mean, you could make a case they have two lottery picks. I mean, they're a they're a solid team. I like what Mike Woodson's done, and obviously beating Purdue twice, you know, speaks volumes. I just wonder if this Kent State team just is really good and you know can win a, almost a coin flip game. You mentioned the line move. I mean, talking about a four seed that's minus four. I mean that. That's pretty remarkable. I mean, just in another bracket, Tennessee is minus double digits. Right. So to have a four-point spread really puts into context just how tough that matchup is for IU. And I think Kent State's obviously a live dog. I'm not going to play the game. I think the number feels right, but there's a reason the flashes are, are where they are in this one. Doug, how big of an in-game better are you during the tournament? Do you like the live bets? And if you do... Is there a particular time in the game in general where you might be able to maximize your value? So it's a great question, and thank you for asking. I'm a big live better in all sports. I would say 90% of my action or so, 90-95, is on in-game betting um, because I think you know you can remove a lot of variables once the game starts. Uh, like, for example, West Virginia's laying 8.5 right now in this timeout. Now, Maryland hasn't scored in so long, but there's no way I would lay the 8.5. It's plus 8.5 or pass because teams make runs. West Virginia is polished, and you know we saw 
Arizona State yesterday take take a lead like this and extend it and go and go running away and winning by twenty plus. So you can take teams and get extra points. It's just really funny if you think about it. You know, all game. You know, we were just talking about the Indiana uh, Kent State game all week. We're talking about a half point here and there. Ooh, four and a half versus four now up to five. And like one timeout, three minutes of basketball, the line's like seven. You know, so it's like we're splitting hairs for a half point here and there, and then all of a sudden you get such line value and. Obviously, the algorithms incorporated all, so it's really hard. But for me, in this kind of situation, like I was talking about foreign matchups and foreign situations, you can really see, like early on last night, you could tell Arizona State's athleticism was just jumping off the screen against Nevada. West Virginia is clearly the better team in this game. Now, Maryland just missed some shots, but Maryland should be able to get things going and make a run. I wouldn't take the 8.5, but that would be the only side I would play it in this timeout. And it's just because West Virginia just looks ready. And that's some of the beauty of live wagering. You can just hear the eye test. Now, you, you don't want to do the gambler's paradox and say whatever you just saw, saw will continue. Like if you flip a coin three times in a row and it gets heads, you're still 50-50 on the next coin flip to be heads and tails. So you got to be careful with some of that. But for the most part, you can definitely see things as of better in watching the game and then in, in these matchups especially that you, you don't know that are so foreign and not expected. Doug Kazarian of ESPN and ESPN's Daily Wager. Nice enough to take some time with us. Doug, I have a buddy that's out there in Vegas right now. Uh, Obviously, you're out there every day. One of your perspective for people that are maybe itching to get out there for the first round of the tournament uh, in future March Madness events, where's your spot? Where where do you love to watch tournament games? Where do you recommend for the best atmosphere people go watch tournament games in Vegas? Yeah, it's really a rite of passage for any basketball fan, let alone better, to come to Vegas for the opening weekend and be in the sports books. I would say they're all really good. And I'm not just saying that because they understand the importance of the, having elite flat screens and, and pictures and, and the setup and all the comps. And the, and the it's just an awesome atmosphere for anyone who just wants to soak in all the basketball. And I really think it's, you know, all these are really good. I mean, I mean there's no book that it's not conducive. Some are a little better than others, like, for example, some are better if it's just one game, right? If it's just one game like the Super Bowl or Final Four where you don't need multiple TVs. Some books are a little bit better than others. Um, but, you know, in terms of the multiple screens, they're all so advanced right now. They all know how to do it. They're, you know, you're not stuck on commercials. You get the sound for the right game on and things along those lines. So this is, uh, you know. It's a well-oiled machine out here for all these books. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Doug, really appreciate the time, man. You crushed it as always, and uh, hope you enjoyed the tournament. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Doug. Yeah, thank you. There he is, Doug Kazarian, host of ESPN's Daily Wager. Great stuff from him. Man, you can tell this dude is on it. You like, know what sucks? He's literally talking about West Virginia as the game's going on. It. That was great. So I had a bet in this but you guys were in the middle of talking to him so I couldn't play the sound. You can interrupt guests. I didn't want to I didn't want I didn't I didn't want to interrupt though. That would have been great. But I I, I had a live I got a live bet on Maryland over 22 and a half in the first half. Okay. Got it when they were at the under 12. Okay. They're about they're in the bonus and that was the big fi- the, that's a big factor for me when I'm betting these first half totals live is you got to check the foul situation because Maryland is an aggressive defensive team so they're going uh they're going to foul Maryland and Maryland will get to the foul line. There you go. Free points without the clock moving is my favorite. I hope that hits for you. By the way, have you made it to Vegas for the first weekend of the tournament? Not yet. It's on the list. I did it one year. It was freaking amazing. Oh, man, that makes me so jealous. You know how people just go bar hopping? Yep. I completely recommend you go sportsbook hopping. 
Yeah. Just go to a bunch of different sports books. Every place has energy. You might not have a nickel on any of these games. Just absorb it like a sponge. But you just see yeah. a buzzer beater and the whole place like, oh my gosh. It's a different energy when the whole place basically has cash on the outcome. The only time that career stuff has coincided with a significant event or an interesting event in the sporting book play in Vegas was I was out there for uh, Team USA uh, women's scrimmage of getting ready for the FIBA World Cup and it was opening night of the NFL season. So it was the Rams and the Bills. Uh-huh. And even that yeah. was just because you got people in town and you have I was people that are just regulars taking a vacation to Vegas, just enjoying it. Plenty of jerseys worn, plenty of excitement for just simple opener in the regular season. I can only imagine magnified times 100 what that's like for opening weekend it, of the big dance. It is so much fun. I'm telling you, it, like anybody listening, you got to do it one of these years, like Thursday, Friday specifically. Yes. It is amazing. It is a lot of fun. All right, coming up next. So we're looking at uh, free agents in the NFL. There was a column that caught my attention This guy is calling a couple of Colts free agents the most overrated at their position. So I want to share that with you and everybody listening right around the corner. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'll tell you what, Eddie Garrison is crushing his in-game tournament bets already. I'm Brian No, he's Jimmy Cook. Don't on, speak too soon. On the fan. This is a freaking lock. Are you kidding me, Eddie we still Garrison? Have six minutes. Come on, chill. There's chill, over chill. six minutes you need. How many four points? Four points, yes. That's oh all we need. my gosh. It's college basketball. They are, these are 19, 20 year olds. You never know what's gonna happen. He called it, Jimmy. He called it. He said in the West Virginia Maryland game, Maryland couldn't buy a shot earlier. Eddie jumped on the over team total, what, 22 and a half? 22 and a half, and I got it at plus 104 on the odds, so look even at, better. Look at that, man. Told you, law of averages always catches up. Those sound like fan duel odds over there. Is that what it is? I cannot I confirm nor deny. <laughs> well, sounds, you, you're not as under much pressure. There's no official sponsor. So no, you, we need one point so now. And so, they have oh, 22 points. Six minutes to go, you need one point. Just look at that. You love what, it. what a prediction. Things right you love there. to see. What it. a prediction. I could hug you right now, but I have to sit in front of this microphone at the time being. In camera. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> that too. We can't have that. You know. <laughs> I need. We need winning music over here. Let me see if I've got anything. Uh, let's. Oh, I do have winning music ready. Oh, I gotta crank it up here a little bit. That's on me, Eddie. So this is. We'll play this anytime. This is we winning have, music. Yes, this is winning music. Right? Are you kidding me? That is winning music. I the like mind, right there. I, I will cue the winning music. I feel like I was at like a very elegant 
Mexican restaurant with a you know <laughs> a band in the background. <laughs> Corona maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like that the temperature is twenty degrees warmer outside. The bet just cash one of those rare March days which actually warm. And now I'm I, I want I want a nice I want a nice pina colada from the bar. I want I want uh, just something tasty. I want a Miami Vice with my winning <laughs> ticket. I'm ready to roll. I feel tropical with that music. I do. I'm just I'm, I'm ready to go. Now do you have a couple of uh, buttons unbuttoned? Right, like with that theoretical buttons. Okay, yes. theoretical yes, buttons sure, sure, are yeah, unbuttoned yeah. over there. Yeah. Yes, we're looking at Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins is looking at the first half team total over. I feel like I could see it in his eyes. He was like, he almost winked at the camera, like smart play, Eddie Garrison. Smart play. <laughs> I thought that's what I picked up. You, Jimmy, did he, you see the? I same saw thing? him break the fourth wall. It was it was wild. It was a wild time during the tournament. Very Maryland happy. started two for seven from the field. They're now five of six from the field. What they didn't show is that they had six turnovers during that stretch. I so want to play the music before the top of the hour over here. Okay, we're nearing five minutes to go. For the listening audience, I know this is captivating radio. Will Eddie Garrison cash his first half team total Maryland over in the next 30 seconds or so? I... I I don't feel like we can move on until we play the winning music, personally. I don't know how you feel about it, Well, that was almost an opportunity. I'm going to say no, but it will happen before we go to break. By the way, Unless we're going to break in 30 seconds, in which case we're not going to. How about the Furman, whatever their nickname is? Paladins. Paladins. I got them in the first round, and they're trailing 15-7 to right now against an outstanding defensive team in the uh, in the who's over there. Virginia Cavaliers. Only an eight-point deficit. I'm, I'm not upset right now. An eight-point deficit for Furman against Virginia is Never tell me the odds. That, Never tell me the odds. That's a good 14-point deficit. I, I told a buddy of mine yesterday when I placed the bet on Furman, oh. I, I feel good about this. I like the chances. By the way, he dribbled it out I'm of I'm blaming you if <laughs> this loses. There's I am blaming you. It's a freaking lock, Eddie. It's no, no, a no, no, lock no, over no, no, here. No, no. See, you got this. Is, this. this is the jinx. <laughs> you have, you've put the you've put the curse on it took firm and money line and was like this is either gonna hit or it's gonna be one of those just classic tony bennett ugly slow pace games that is a 10 point loss for firm that feels like they lost by 30 yeah and we're we're getting unfortunately close to the latter of those two options it could be the latter you know what's funny is uh, i did a show with olden polonese he's an an ex-nba player okay. and he went to virginia he went to a final four with Virginia, and he's like, I can't watch him. Oh, They're I got terrible. some news. Oh, blocked. Looks like a goaltend. Uh, I got some news here. Looks like a goaltend, Eddie, Gar- Eddie uh, Garrison over here. You win. You win already. I, 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 I love the win, but I have some news here. Okay. Drop the news. Paris Campbell to the Giants. Good. There you go. Good. Get him out of here. I'm serious. Like, I don't know. I need a receiver that can put up numbers and stay healthy. I, I don't disagree with that point. Sayonara. This was kind of expected in my mind. I didn't see them really bringing him back unless the money was right. Happy for Paris that he... I don't have the details yet on the numbers. Uh, Jordan Schultz, Zach Kiefer, Adam Schefter on this. We'll get the numbers to you when we see them. But look, it, was his time in Indy done? Yes. Do I like a story of a player coming back, finally figuring it out health-wise? Yeah. Hope he gets a nice payday. Good luck in New York. But yeah, it's look, man, the biz you, of the biz. You got to... You got to have reliability. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that he wasn't healthy enough to be reliable. But if I'm making a decision, if I'm the GM, matters. I, I matters cannot 
base my decisions on a hope and a wish and a nice story and this was a, a draft pick and this kind of homegrown and no man what's the old saying you can't help the club from the tub yeah that's Paris Campbell and it's unfortunate I wish him the best going forward but you can't bank on that if you're the Colts man you can't not but again now it turns to what are you doing to replace him is it draft are you looking for speed are you looking for an option in free agency still again it's a it's a middling wide receiver pool in terms of like top tier talent of years past but there is speed out there which is something Colts fans have been clamoring for a long time they want game wreckers they want playmakers there's options out there to replace Paris Campbell what do you do to do it I need to see it I don't think you're going to find that in free agency with what's left like game breaking game altering speed sure you got to look to the draft biased biased here I've addressed that you know I'm biased Miko Hardman's still out there. He has the speed. He's put up some nice years in Kansas City. Yeah. He did get hurt last year. It was an abdominal thing towards the back end of the right. season. But other than that, relatively healthy. But you're right. Outside of that, I will only know that name because I follow the Chiefs. If you're uh, <laughs> even if you're a casual NFL fan, you probably don't know Miko Hardman. Okay, we got to get back to the uh, the football over here. It's a good segue. Coming up, we get the list of uh, a guy. He wrote a column bashing a couple of the Colts free agents which I found pretty interesting or at least being critical depending on your point of view is it bashing was it being critical we'll get to that and a lot of other news here Uh, a look on Lamar and the Colts who's better for who right let's look at it from that standpoint I'm Brian No he's Jimmy Cook it's 93.5 and 107.5 the fan life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Woo, look at that Maryland squad. Pour it on, Eddie Garrison. I'm Brian, though. He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Eddie, Makes me wish I went bigger. Eddie Nostradamus Garrison over here. We are off. Our in-game betting show? <laughs> Partially? Uh, Eddie is one for one. Out of the gate strong. Very nicely done. He had Maryland team total over in the first half. As they got out of the gates very, very slowly. Very slowly. And then they came on. They actually could have the lead at halftime. It's close right now. Maryland up 30-28 to 28 as West Virginia is about to shoot some free throws. Virginia when you talk up about by it. nine against Furman. You've got Furman also, Jimmy? Uh, we still got a whole half. But yes, I have Furman. Did you take him in your bracket? I did. Okay. And I went. You, I went. Bet uh, so, so th- that was upset Region City. I did. If, assuming I don't have it in front of me, I can pull it up in 10 seconds. But... I think I have it right. I have a second round round of 32 play of Furman at College of Charleston. So we're in danger. I do too. We're in danger right now. That's what I have. My South region, I'm just looking at it right now. I forgot the region also. That's what you're talking about. The South region, I just have that being the what is happening over here region. Yeah. I've got four double-digit seeds 
getting to the second round. I've got, like you, Charleston against Furman. I've got NC State, the 11 seed, moving on past Creighton. And I also have Utah State against Missouri. Funk. Funk went crazy in, yep. the, in the Mountain West tournament. He scored the first 16 points for his team in one of those games. I, I did live bet San Diego State in the final, but was so impressed with Utah State's body of work in the conference tournament that, yeah, I, I have them at least winning a game to match up against Arizona. Uh, but I think furthest I have a double-digit seed because um, I don't I don't care. I'm a, It's bracket. I wanted to have some fun. Uh, Kennesaw State and Providence I both have in the Sweet 16. Wow, really? So that's the uh, saucy right. That, Kennesaw that, State of fourteen. That, that, that is the uh, upset of Xavier and the upset of Ohio State. Texas gets them in the Sweet we, Sixteen. We are on opposite ends. Yeah, because I went with Xavier to be in the Final Four. Ooh, okay. Yeah, and it's not that I just absolutely adore sure. Xavier. It's really just process of elimination. Yeah. And listen, Sean Miller is a good coach. Tournament absolutely. tested. So, who's your Final Four? I I didn't. I don't love Houston. I didn't okay. have Houston making it. So I went with Xavier. Arizona, and then I, I went with. Uh, it seems like too much of a trendy pick. I went Gonzaga, and I don't like it. I don't because I, I hear so much of like, hey, look out for the Zags. I actually have them in the championship game, and blah blah blah. I don't. Love, and the other team, I went with Purdue. I'm like, am I gonna go with no one seed to make it to yeah. the Final Four? So I don't know. I went. Bama, Here they come, Jimmy. Houston, who's. The Paladins, let's go. We're down to five. Okay. All right. All right. They finally made a shot. Bama, Houston, Marquette, UConn. UConn. I have a UConn-Zaga Elite Eight matchup. Ooh. Went with the Huskies. Bama is my champion. Okay. I, admittedly, though, I'll be honest, the level of confidence I have, whether I would have picked Bama or Houston to win it all, just that scenario specifically, I, I'm not strong about it. I don't like Houston. I, I can find flaws in both those teams, and I... I know that they've got the big injury. Is he going to be okay? Sasser with the, the groin. Right. I get all that. But I, I get all these Ken Palm rankings and, oh, they're top 10 in this and their efficiency. It's like, bro, who are you playing? Who are you beating? And I'm sorry, but I got to take that into account. And I, I just don't look at them being nearly as battle-tested as a team like Kansas. Sure. And I just don't buy in. What does buy in mean? I don't buy into them winning at all. I I don't. I just don't think they're there, and uh, I think that's where they the bar needs to be in terms of Houston being a one seed. I, I don't buy them as being. I cannot see it them being the team that cuts down the nets and wins it all. Again, I don't have them winning at all. I do have them make it to the title game against Bama, and I understand that as an IU alum, this is treacherous territory because Calvin Sampson. Yeah, but that Houston team and just him in general, that program, since he's been there, it feels like they're one of those teams that are knocking on the door every year. Obviously, in college basketball, it's not the same players unless you're having three or four-year guys. For the most part, it's a one-and-done culture or a two-year culture, so it doesn't work the same way as a NBA franchise that's been knocking on the door every year, an NFL franchise. But for that reason, and just maybe I'm buying into the rankings too much, like like Ken Pomeroy or, or, or just the advanced numbers, I feel like this is the year they, they get there, but obviously I don't have them winning. Yeah. You know... Let me make one college basketball point. We'll, we'll shift to the Colts in okay. a second. Kelvin Sampson. I think, and look, there's a lot of good on his resume, okay? But this particular team, a number one seeded Houston team, if any coach 
works against tight sphincter syndrome. <laughs> sure. It's Kelvin Sampson. Sure. Okay? And so I can just see, you saw it in the, uh, what, the ACK title game? That's what I call the American Athletic. The ACK title game over there against uh, Memphis, where they were struggling. They had a couple of turnovers, missing some shots, the second half, and he just kind of freaked out. He's like, what are we doing over here? You know what I mean? And so I wonder if you're going to see that in the tournament because a one seed like Houston, they could face a, a test early on in the tournament where they're playing against a team that they should dust. And for whatever reason that night, they're just not doing it. And sometimes Kelvin Sampson, he doesn't have this calming influence. He doesn't have that, guys, we're all right. Let's just settle down. Sure. It's all good. He's like, somebody do something. Ah! And, and sometimes it guards against a team loosening up. Sometimes they get tighter. And, and that, to me, is a concern when it comes to Houston. I, I've said my one nice thing about Calvin Sampson today, so I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not, not going to... I'm good. I've done my part. Though, I kind of feel the same way about Sean Miller in general as a coach. Like, I understand he has a couple elite eights on his resume, yeah. and it's so tough to judge a coach just solely based on what they do in March. I, again, I, I know you and I differ sometimes of program to program, what should matter, what doesn't. But at the end of the day... I always kind of felt that way, particularly at the back end of Arizona. Scandals were going on too, but that I just don't like the Xavier team, just their entire conference schedule in the Big East. But If you think about Madden rankings, think about the Madden yeah, football video sure. game, right? And so you could do that with players. Like, what's their speed if it's a quarterback? What's their accuracy? Yada, yada. You could do that with college head basketball coaches as well. And I think that you got to have a wide range. There are times Tom Izzo, he did it against, I think, Nebraska. This is about a week or two ago. And he was like, it was very scientific. What we did, we got in the huddle. And I said, somebody guard somebody! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I remember that sound bite. Sometimes yeah. you need that. But that's on the defensive end. Sometimes you need the intensity. If it's intensity and it's a Madden ranking, Kelvin Sampson's is through the freaking roof. When you have the, let's settle everything down. I think he's deficient there. I think that's very low. It's lacking. And I'm just saying, there are times to light a fire and get in their face. And there are times to, guys, let's settle down. Everything's all good. He doesn't have a high rating when it comes to that. And that could come back to bite him. All right, let me get to the Colts with you, Jimmy Cook. Brian Noe and Jimmy Cook with you here. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. I found this interesting. Now, this is from last week. This is Seth Walder from ESPN. He put out a column. The reason I stumbled onto this is because I was just looking at which free agent quarterbacks were still on the market. And I'm like, has anybody gobbled up Teddy Bridgewater just yet? And then I saw this, this list that he came up with. And he said that Teddy Bridgewater, in his opinion, is the most underrated free agent quarterback. And he had the most overrated was Andy Dalton. And it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> but, but both are very tough to attack because, I mean, yeah, I guess maybe Bridgewater's underrated, but the crop that he's compared against is mad at best. And with Dalton, I mean, it's clear, minus a couple of pocket games here or two, filling in uh, for injured quarterbacks, he's behind himself. It, his best days are behind him. So, okay, maybe he's overrated. I don't know. That's some high-level analysis there, Jay Cook. I mean, it's no better than that piece. Like, that's <laughs> not a great start in general. To, not by Brian, but by whoever wrote it to reel me in. I mean, sure, I yeah. guess. I guess you could go with Teddy Bridgewater. If he's underrated, okay, what does that really mean? Yeah. What does that really get you? Okay, we're not talking about him being a big pickup 
wherever he goes. Oh, okay, he's underrated. Okay, say you sign him. What are you getting at yeah. this stage? So what does it really matter? And if you're going off of the class that he's with, I'd rather have Minshew. I'd rather have White. I'd rather have Heineke, just based on last season alone. I don't know. I don't think he's underrated. Okay, now this is what also caught my eye. He did a, a whole piece on the most overrated, most underrated players at their respective positions. So what he writes about Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell, out of here. See ya. He's with, uh, where? Going to the Giants? The G-Men, indeed. Going to the G-Men. Yeah, that'll help out their wide receiver <laughs> woes over there. They got Darren Waller. Let's get an injury-plagued wide receiver for Daniel Jones. That's the play over there. Okay. But this is what Seth Walder wrote about Paris Campbell. Again, this is last week. This is before he's off of the free agent market. He has Paris Campbell as the most overrated free agent wide receiver. Okay? Now, see if you buy this or not, Jimmy. Campbell, as Seth Walder writes... A 2019 second-round pick was finally able to stay on the field for a full season and recorded 623 receiving yards in a lackluster Colts offense. Teams might be intrigued because he has played in only 32 career games, but the 2022 numbers leave plenty to be desired. He managed just 1.1 yards per route run, and his receiver tracking metrics triple slash. Now we're getting the nerd numbers. Yes, there's glasses that were put on to type that sentence. Open, like, (laughs) slash catch, slash yak. Like, his triple slash indicates the problem in Indianapolis went beyond quarterback play. Yeah, okay. Because that that was going to be my comment was, okay, look at who was throwing to him. But I'm glad we threw in. Yak is the only one I grabbed out of there of the jargon you just threw at me. Right. I'm glad glad he threw together all the slashes so I could be confused by my, well, am I right to say the quarterback (laughs) play was bad? If look, you if you look at his reserve his reverse osmosis yak to open <laughs> ratio, it's like it's his wow, fault. Whoa, I don't even know. When what you look said. at that number, it's Paris Campbell's fault. That's what I what I gather from that sentence. Look, the overall point of his health is a fair criticism, and that needs to be taken into account by any general manager than just okay, he finally stayed healthy for the majority of or for all of last year. That has to be taken into account six, two, and seven the years prior in terms of games played. But I'm not really looking as much at his body of work last year without just totally brushing to the side like he did. The offense he was operating with, the fact they only averaged about 17 points a game, the fact that the amount of pass attempts they had per game and the amount of completions that Matt Ryan was putting up are not indicative of what a wide receiver can really do of Paris Campbell's speed and the fact that he's only 25. Yeah, I haven't seen the money. It's a one-year deal. Look, I didn't agree with the Giants signing Daniel Jones, so I'm not saying that all of a sudden Paris Campbell's going to be a miracle worker and he's going to be an elite wide receiver. But without looking at the rest of the class, there's other names you could point to besides Paris Campbell as the most overrated in okay. my mind. Okay, So I'll, right. I'll disagree with that point. I'll say this. Even though they're not your point, they're his Yeah, points. yeah, yeah. You're disagreeing with Walder. Yes. Not no. Not no. <laughs> Not no, not this time. Okay, that is, I'm sure that would be something that you'd pick up on. Um, I say this. Your opinion, not you specifically, Jimmy, just people in general. Your opinion cannot differ greatly whether the player re-signs with your favorite team or re-signs somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like, put it this way. That bias can't be involved. Your fanhood bias cannot, cannot be involved. 
Paris Campbell. If Paris Campbell re-signs with the Colts, oh, this guy, he had 623 receiving yards. Look who was throwing him the football, blah, 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 blah. He signs with the Giants. Screw this guy. Glad he can't stay gone. healthy. Like, you know what I mean? It yeah. cannot differ no. greatly. It shouldn't differ at all. I'll cut you a little slack if you're a fan and you're invested. A little bit. Okay, it varies a little. It cannot be night and day. Or you're just Homer Central at that point. No, I agree. And and it's tough because you get into a stage, too, if it's a player you really love, of that's a grief mechanism, right? Maybe you don't actually believe that. Your fine line of what you said, I like this player. He's got good speed. Uh, He's able to get good separation. I I like him. I'd like him back. But then he's gone. You're sad about it. And so your defense mechanism is, ah, he wasn't good anyway. He never (laughs) stayed healthy. You, You need a baseline. Otherwise, yeah, you're biased fanboy. It really shouldn't differ Here's the other one that he pointed out. This is Seth Walder, ESPN column. Most overrated free agent edge rusher, Yannick Ngakwe. Totally with, agree there. You're with it here, Eddie. Okay. I am. He, here's, here's what Seth wrote. Okay. Let me know if you agree with this, Eddie and Jimmy. Seth writes, don't let the nine and a half sacks last season and ten the year before fool you. Ngakwe isn't the player he used to be. His pass rush win rate at edge has declined from 21%, to 20%, to 18%, to 14% over the past four seasons, the last of which rated him as middling. Considering that he's one of the worst run defenders at the position, his 18% run-stop win rate at edge ranked 38th out of 43 qualifiers. It's a rough combination. Agreed. That's what I was going to say. He did not play rundowns. This past season, if he did, it was very few for the Indianapolis Colts, and he was just really bad at it. There were times last year where you would just sit there and you would like, all right, where we need a sack. Where's where's Ngakwe? Yeah. It's him running past the quarterback and not sacking the quarterback. I turned back to that Commanders game. Uh, there was a second and long, I'm going to say second and 12, and uh, Taylor Heineke is open in the middle of the field for Ngakwe to sack him. Gakwe just runs right by him, and Heineke checks it down to, I think, Antonio Gibson. He gets like 10 yards. Two plays later, they get a first down. Results in them scoring a touchdown, the Colts losing. It was on that game-winning drive. And he couldn't he couldn't close it when the Colts needed him to close it. Uh, and if you, if you just think back throughout the course of the year, it's like, okay, did Gakwe have any memorable plays? And you're like, not really. You know what's crazy is – how misleading the stats can be for an edge rusher. Yep. I agree with what Seth points out where, hey, don't be fooled by the nine and a half sacks because a lot of people are. They'll look and say, 10 sacks the year prior, nine and a half. You could do a whole lot worse than that, and that's true. But if the win rate is decreasing, it's not just about these 10 sacks during a season. It's like, are you routinely putting heat on the quarterback. Even if you're just rushing him, that can do a whole lot of good. If you're not consistently getting home and you can't stop the rush, it's amazing what 10 sacks will do for you to compensate perception-wise with your lack of production other ways. Like, compare it to a quarterback or or a wide receiver. Like, what is it that would just, hey, this receiver has 15 touchdown grabs. We'd still be like, yeah, yeah. But he's got 300 receiving yards <laughs> right. this season. You know what I mean? It just doesn't hit the same way with an edge rusher. And that's why, to your point, you have to be careful with how you're allocating money based on stats, based on tape, 
in the free agency process. Because on the one hand, with your wide receiver example, that's a situational guy. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, I'm not paying him number one or number two wide receiver money, but if he gets open and gets separation in the red zone, okay, I like that. Maybe as a third option, maybe as a situational wide receiver, but you're not paying the money that would reflect a number one or number two guy. The same way has been true with Ngakwe. At this point, even though he's only like 26 or 27, he's 27 years old, he's getting to a point where those numbers and win rate are dropping or maybe he's a situational edge guy. You're putting him on there on clear passing downs, or you're putting him on there, even though there are many times where he did run past the quarterback last year, you're putting him in situations where he's not having to be a liability against the run. I agree with his standpoint, though, based on what he'll probably get on the open market Mm. um, and the fact they bring in Sam Ebukam instead to kind of fill that role. Totally agree with him on the overrated part there with Ngakwe. This is a larger issue with the Colts, though. Defensive end and quarterback, It continues to be a revolving door of trying to piece together those right aspects. And when you take that into account on the defense, they were still pretty solid last year, despite the fact they got it wrong again. They finally get it right. Imagine how talented and just frustrating that defense is going to be for some of the top offenses in the AFC. And look at all the changes, too, right? Yep. Like, no Stephon Gilmore. Think about how good the Colts' defense was, all things considered, last season. No Shaquille Leonard. Pretty much. For pretty much the whole year. Pretty much the whole year. And uh, I know it's weird, right? It's Jekyll and Hyde. They're like the Indiana Hoosiers over yeah, there yes, defensively. Much so. There are a lot of games that are really, really good. And then they're up 33 nothing against the Vikings and fall apart. Yeah. And, and, and I I don't know. This is a weird argument to have. We had it, obviously, in the post-game shows that followed from that Vikings game. By that point in the season, like, yes, it's a bad mark, and you never want to have that with a defense. But it instilled a larger issue of, okay, this team just – collapsed in on itself on the defensive end because whether it was just will was broken the offense was not meeting them even remotely close to halfway totally. I don't hold that as much against Gus Bradley as much as it is Matt's a bad piece of history to be a part of but I'm not saying you can't still be as efficient this year they have to answer all the questions they've given up trading away Stephon Gilmore you have to find answers at corner you're hoping that Ebukam is an improvement over Ngakwe and then whatever they do in the draft I, I just find it, going back to that for a second, I find that so interesting, not just with uh, Ngakwe or any edge rusher, yeah. how it works that way. It's so true. If a guy has a, 10 sacks, if you get double-digit sacks, it's like, wow, this guy. And it's year over year over year for him. Yeah. Like it's, it's His whole body of work is, I'm going to get you eight or nine sacks a season. And, and that's good, but, but the rest of the body of work, yeah. it's unnoticed to most people. I find that so interesting. Think about... Julio Jones, when he was with the Falcons, and he was putting up a ton of receiving yards. The knock was, he's not catching touchdowns. He's getting in the end zone like two, three times a year. Think about quarterbacks also, where if you have a high passer rating, it's not like, wow, well, he's got a high passer rating. It's all good. It's like, yeah, he's averaging 150 (laughs) yards per game. Right. You know, like... It just doesn't work the same way with edge rushers. And I find that fascinating, because there's hardly... Another position in football where you could point to one thing and say, oh, look at this defensive back. He's got all these interceptions. It's all good. You would point straight to, bro, he's allowing like an 80% completion (laughs) rate, right? There's always a yeah, but except with edge rushers. I find that fascinating. And I think that 
that is something as you continue to see position by position across the NFL the last four or five years where as you get more data, as you get a larger body of work where you'll start to see that. And maybe this is it with the Colts of accepting the fact, okay, we had a one-year deal here for Ngakwe. We're parting ways with Ngakwe. That's fine. We're going to let him walk because we've learned that, okay, he's a good situational guy, but there's more to the bigger picture that maybe we didn't see last year, yeah. but we saw him now that he was in our scheme. And don't re- don't repeat the same mistake twice. Yeah, That's all I'm asking out of, out of an organization. Hopefully it's not the same case with Ebu Khan and whatever they do in the draft. But to bring it full circle, if he signed with the Colts, it can't be nine and a half sacks. This guy is a good pickup. Sure. He goes somewhere else. Ah, screw this guy. He can't stop the run. <laughs> you know right. Yes. Guys? Yes. Yeah. You can't, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> it shouldn't go both ways. Okay. We've got Michael Lewis, Ball State head basketball coach, joining us right around the corner. He's an IU grad, so that's interesting. Also, Ball State played IU's opponent, Kent State, twice during the season. So we'll definitely get the uh, blow-by-blow analysis from Michael Lewis as he sees IU's next opponent in the uh, NCAA tournament. It'll be tomorrow, so we'll catch up with the coach right around the corner. I'm Brian No. He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I'm Brian. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. No, he's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Very pleased to welcome in Michael Lewis, Ball State University head basketball coach, joining us here. Coach, I actually went to Ball State. I'm a grad, and I haven't been there in forever, but everybody keeps telling me how nice the campus is right now. Like, major work over there. It's beautiful now. Why, why, why have you not made it back? I just haven't. Yeah, for one reason or the, the next, I just I haven't made my way back to campus for a long time now, Coach. Yeah, no, campus is good. I, you know, President Mearns is doing a lot of different things. And, um, you know, we actually won a, won a few basketball games this season. We got a little excitement going on on campus and across the state. So I think it would be a good time to get you back. Hey, I, I, you know, if you can score me a front row ticket, I'm there, Coach. Well, I could have, but I, they're a little harder to come by now. I think courtside uh, <laughs> seats have sold out already. So might have to put you uh, row two or three, but we'll try to squeeze you. <laughs> that works. That works. Coach, for your first season, 20-12 and 12 on the year, a strong performance across the board for your Cardinals. Uh, what are your major takeaways from your group? How proud of this group are you and proud of the way that you mentioned the campus and the alumni group and the community rallying around your boys? Well, I'm really proud of, you know, what, what those guys were able to accomplish. I think, you know, they, they won 20 games. And, you know, if, if um, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, I think a lot of people would have taken that. You get in the middle of it and you – you know, try to think you can probably squeeze 22, 23, and and uh, it just didn't happen. And um, but I'm I'm really proud of them for you know the the transition. Like change is not 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 easy on anybody, let alone young people. And and uh, they bought in from day one. They went out and performed. And you know, I think um, you know they they've got 
like I said, the excitement about Ball State basketball back, um, not only here locally, but across the state and and uh, restored a lot of pride and a lot of Ball State alumni. So that's something they can really be proud of. And I think they've laid a foundation for for where where we want to take this program and and uh, you know kind of reestablish um, you know some of that stuff uh, within the state and within our recruiting base. Um, you know that Ball State is is again a a place to go play basketball. Really curious, coach, how you see IU's opponent tomorrow in Kent State. You split with Kent State this season. What do you see them doing really well? What do you see as their potential deficiencies? Well, they're a really good defensive team. You know, now, you know they they get after you. Um, they'll get into the ball. They uh, when you get in ball screen situations, they they had you hard and they bring two to the ball. Um, they zone up, you know, very well behind it. Um, they're strong. They're not, you know, overly big. Like you know, coming from like a Big Ten school, um, they're they're not going to be the same size as a as a Big Ten school. But they're very strong, thick, um, you know, perimeter defenders. Um, they they uh, they struggle. They, they're one of their starters um, <clears throat> has got a broken hand. He's been out for about a month. Um, is one of their better shooters. I so I think. You know, have not having him out there hurts them a little bit. Uh, you know, puts another kind of—I wouldn't say a non-shooter, but not as not as efficient a shooter on the court. Um, on for them on offense, uh, they can struggle shooting the basketball. Uh, you know, sincere carries an excellent point. He was player of the year in the league a year ago. Um, was first team all league this year. Um, really good with the ball. Can get to the paint. Good mid-range game. Can finish at the rim. Uh, but I think shoots in the high 20s from three. Now, he can get streaky and get hot, and he makes the big ones. But, um, you know, I, I think just overall, uh, IU's depth um, will just, just wear them down over the course of 40 minutes. I think, um, you know, is this, can Kent State beat Indiana? Yes. You know, I, I think, you know, if he played 10 times, can they beat him once or twice? Absolutely, they can do that. But I think um, overall, you know, IU's depth, their size um, and ability will just wear wear them down. I think if if you can attack them out of their ball screen coverage, uh, you can get them in some closeouts, some rotations, which is where we hurt them uh, in the second second game, and we were able to drive and get the ball to the paint off the off the bounce, and also by feeding the post, which you know IU can do. Uh, you can get them in some foul trouble, and there's just not a lot on that bench. And so, um, you know, I. You know, obviously, I'm gonna pull for the Hoosiers, but I, you know, even from a coaching standpoint, uh, I really like the Hoosiers in this game. Coach, you've been a part of some big runs in general throughout your coaching and playing career. When you talk about getting guys ready and, and the players' mentality of getting ready for a game after a conference tournament finishes up, doesn't have to be just Indiana specific, but just overall, what goes into that on both sides of the coin, both as a coach and a player, getting your guys ready for the first round. Well, I think everybody gets rejuvenated. You know, the season is long. Like it, it's it's a long season, and and you know it's really nonstop anymore. Um, but the the season can be long. I think when you we get to this time of year, uh, and you you head to the NCAA tournaments, what all these kids have dreamed about, you know, playing in. I think they get rejuvenated. Um, the the coaches, you know, they you know they one final push. You know, see what they can make out of it. They get re-energized I know the, the officials they get tired in February you see all the technicals and all this yeah. stuff and in February like those guys are re-energized and they're at, you have the best of the best um you know in this tournament just like you have the best teams and and I think just overall everybody just kind of goes to a di- to a, to another level for for one last last push and that's that's why it's the greatest tournament in the world coach you mentioned the uh the strength 
of Kent State, especially guarding the perimeter. Thick. I like that. How much do you think the on-ball pressure might affect Jalen Hood Shafino in this matchup tomorrow? Well, I think I think he's <clears throat> I think he's really improved. Um, you know, I I got to watch. Not, I wouldn't say a lot, but I've got to watch bits and pieces of, of several games, and I think two or three where I was able to watch him beginning to end. Um, and I think he's really improved throughout the year, and he's playing at a really high level right now. I think his size negates a lot of that stuff. I think he's he's going to be able to see over the the defense and 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 make the right pass. And you know, if he can draw two and get rid of it, and let these other guys attack behind. Um, or even get somebody else in a ball screen, and then you know where he's kind of your release man, where you know you got him in space where he's attacking. Uh, I think can really hurt uh, Kent State, but they're 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 a well coached, tough team. Like I, you know, I've told people like they're not going to be intimidated by Indiana. Like those dudes at Kent State, they don't care what's on your chest, you know. And and uh, you know that's that's kind of who they are and how they're made up, and they're going to come out there and compete. But I just think over the course of forty minutes, uh, Indiana's just got too much. Coach Michael Lewis of the Ball State Cardinals, nice enough to take some time with us here in the DriveHuber.com studios. Coach, another program that I know is near and dear to your heart as well in the UCLA Bruins and Coach Cronin out there. They draw UNC Asheville in the opener. I'm sure you've got to see some bits and pieces of UCLA as well. They've dealt with some injuries too down the stretch. How do you feel about the Bruins as a whole? Well, they, they keep me late, up late at night during the year <laughs> trying to catch a few few halves of those guys, but... Um, you know, I think I think they were playing the last month of the season. They were playing as well as anybody in the country. Uh, obviously, losing Jalen Clark is a big blow to them defensively. Uh, but the fortunate thing about being at a place like UCLA is you've got, you know, you got a McDonald's All-American and a future pro and in Amari Bailey, you know, sitting there. And I think he's really stepped up his play um, since Jalen Clark has been out. You know, if if uh, Dembona is, is healthy, if that shoulder is okay. Um, you know he he's obviously a physical presence on the inside, especially from a defensive end. On the defensive end, um, you know I'm excited to watch him play. You know I you know like I feel like you know they both teams are going to keep me up tonight or tonight tomorrow night for late for the late night games. But um, to be able to to pull for a program that that uh, you know I was able to, to work for and still really attached to the staff and the players out there, and then obviously you know you're going to be pulling for for a place that you were able to represent. Yeah, so that's a pretty cool thing for to be able to do that in this tournament and, and uh, hoping for the best for both programs. I find it so cool that you're a hoops junkie, Coach, right? Like you're not you know, looking for a, a respite or anything. You're all in watching tournament action and other teams. What are some things that you take well, away? It, it sucks. It sucks not being in this tournament. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. That's you know, like I, you know, you 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 play in it. You you know, then you you coach in it. And then you know, when when I was Stephen F. Austin, Eastern Illinois, and things like you, you kind of start taking that tournament for for you know for granted, and, and you get away from it. And then you get back involved at Butler, and then our runs and going to the Final Four at UCLA. Like you know, like it's <clears throat> you know, I tell people all the time, like I then been a part of a lot of games player coach you know and and there's bits and pieces that you can remember about certain things but um you know a lot of it especially over i get a little, little foggy right but you know like i can i can recall every every game of the 23 ncaa tournament games i've been a part of like it's just a it's a different deal man it's it's um it's the best thing going uh it's, it's this time of year like this is this is better than christmas day you know, but it it really sucks. Um, you know, sitting in this chair, you're watching these things on TV instead of being a part of it. But it it's also what drives you to to try to try to build a roster that you can hopefully um, 
get to compete in this thing again. Absolutely. I hear you loud and clear on that. How often do you find yourself watching other teams play and you're just picking up things and saying, I can utilize that, I can apply it to the team I'm coaching here? I, I like to do it. I, you know, I'll, I'll be watching film on the computer, and I'll have a, a college game or an NBA game on on TV. And you know, like, you may pick up a you know a side out of bounds play or baseline out of bounds play or an action, you know, or, or something that you're watching um, may bring up a thought in your mind about something that'll work for for your team. It may not be exactly what you saw on TV, but just different things you can add um, to your program to constantly be trying to trying to get better. And I think. You know that's what hoops is, man. You're constantly stealing from from other people and and uh, trying to figure out what works best for your, for your team. And so, fortunately, I've I've been able to turn something that that I love, you know, watching and being a part of and doing. Uh, I've been able to turn it into a career. And, and um, you know, I just tell people, hey, man, it's it sure beats working. I know that. <laughs> there you go. I'm just curious. A couple of names off the top of your head, who are great coaches to steal from. Like steal knowledge, steal out of bounds plays, anything like that. Who would be at the top of your mind? Well, you can you can steal from everybody. I mean, like you know, Brad Stevens made a um, made a play famous from from stealing it from from Taylor University. You know, so and then now Brad gets credit for it, but it he stole it from Taylor University. You know, the money play from side out of bounds. He used it. You know, we ran it, and I call it Maui because the first time we ran it was was in the Maui Invitational. Um, and we executed a great, got a great shot, but we missed it. You know, and then he takes it to the Boston, runs it in a playoff series, and now everybody calls it money or, you know, game or whatever that, you know, they got a name for it because it's their special play on sideline out of bounds. Now you got to come up with all these different actions to try to disguise the, the actual money shot of the, the action. But, um, you know, I, you can steal from everybody. Like I'm sitting here, um, I just saw Maryland run something that, that I, I love, you know, so just any game that you got. And sometimes it's just, you know, a, a play or some or a strategy that just kind of sparks an idea in, in your own head that you feel like you can use. But, um, you know, you can steal from everybody for, and from every level. Coach Lewis of the Ball State Cardinals taking some time with us. Coach, you mentioned being happy with the foundation that you set in year one. You know as well as anybody, college basketball and the life of a coach never stops. What's on the top of your checklist or areas that you want to continue to grow and improve and hit out of the gate in the offseason and when you guys start uh, first with player meetings as we get closer to next year? Well, I think we, like you said, we've established a, a solid foundation. You know, in the in the era of the transfer portal, um, you know, you're constantly looking um, – you know, you know, players and coaches have uh, availability to a lot of different options, and so we just we want to continue to build, a, put a quality product on the court that that people can get behind, and then we want to continue to grow that aspect of it. Um, you know, I think uh, we've got a lot of momentum going in our program and for our university that we can take advantage of um, to where we're you know we're competing at the top of the MAC year in and year out. You know, that's that's the drive to do this. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's a different era as far as college basketball is concerned with all the transfer things. Um, and you got to navigate that the best way you can and put together a roster that, that uh, your community, uh, both from a university uh, and a city component, that can get behind and, and get excited about what you're trying to do from a basketball standpoint. Hey, Coach, I just want to let you know that I'm not too needy over here. You know, I'll settle for like the 10th or 20th row for a Ball State game. It's all good. You went on the end or the side, man. Like, we we, we can make it happen. Like that, that was really cool to see as, as people get behind this program and, 
And uh, even my, I think the last three or four games, they took a couple of the media tables um, off and replaced them with with um, sideline seats, and they sold those out immediately. And the people that bought those wanted to re up for next year already. And so, you know, those things are good. I think some sponsorship, you know, things are going at a different level and and more demand. And and all, it, it it takes everybody to build a program. And and so I hope that's what we. Uh, took the first step in doing this year um, is laying a foundation to where we can build a program um, that Ball State and the state of Indiana can be proud of. Well, hey, Michael, really appreciate the time today, man. Best of luck with your program going forward the next season, and hopefully we can catch up with you soon sometime. Sounds great, man. Anytime. All right, sounds good. There he is, Michael Lewis, Ball State University head basketball coach. Good stuff right there, man. He's got the enthusiasm. You need that. You know, grinder, too. Need grinder, need enthusiastic over there, Jimmy Cook. Also, your metal lesson of the day. I know you're my metal lesson of the day. Your heavy metal lesson of the day. Coach talked about a Kent State player that has a broken hand. Broken hands, Lamb of God song. Okay. It's your homework assignment. I'm an honest man, so I'm not going to lie to you and say I'm going to play that on the drive home. But, oh, but, but you if should. you text me it, you should. Because I'll forget it. I'll, I'll give it a listen. We're going to throw over you in the deep end over seconds, here. Will I last? No, 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 like, no. You yeah. got to hear the whole thing over here, Jimmy Cook. Very good chorus. Very good chorus. Okay. Uh, broken hands by Lamb of God. But um, Indiana yeah. native went to IU. Uh huh. Back in the state at Ball State. Building that program back up, a 20-win season out of the gate, to your point, the passion, the fire is there. Ask anybody at Ball State, they'll tell you they're very lucky to have Michael Lewis. He's very happy to be a part of that community and that program, and I can't wait to see what happens in year two. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I was like semi-tempted to ask him if he would lay the four with the Hoosiers. <laughs> I almost did, too. But you, you can't. You can't. <laughs> I, I, I knew I, you knew how he would answer it. That's why neither <laughs> of us did it. Because, yeah, I don't really get into that. Like, Coach, you do like the Hoosiers to win, but do you like them to win by at least five? Would you like, say? Yeah. Would, all right, coming up next, there's something I want to see change in college hoops, Jimmy. Not a drastic change, but I think it would be a smart change. If we'll it's Selection if, Sunday, we're throwing hands. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not going to oh, let no. the cat out of the bag. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. That's coming up next. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Brian, no. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Jimmy Cook with you here on The Fan. Man, you know, I love our guy Todd, APD. He's kind of like, if we're doing stand-up comedy at a local comedy club, he's kind of the guy in the front row critiquing the jokes as as the show is going on. Would you? Is that a fair description? Sure. Kind of? Yeah. 
kind of like, not your best material. You know, every now and then sure. you would throw that out there, sure. I feel like. Yeah. So uh, we got a little bit of razzing from Todd here. I did. Sorry, is is that you. how you're going to defend your fumble to start the so, show? So here's He's calling the him thing. a comic critic. So, <laughs> so I was talking about the fountain part of the monument. Right. And somehow I confused myself into thinking, I don't know if they're going to know what I'm talking about if I say the fountain. And it turned into, ah, the thing with, with the water over there, you know? Yeah. The ocean, yeah. The ocean. <laughs> I know it's Monument Circle and it's the monument. And Todd made it seem so easy. He's, he's a much smarter man than I am. Oh, it's don't just, give him that much credit now. Come it's, on. It's now. the fountain part of the monument. Sure. Makes all the sense in the world. Yep. Somehow my description turned into hey, the water. What the thing? I think had you not even thrown the thing, had you just crashed the plane there, would have been fine. But instead, there were no survivors on it. There was no landing the plane. Yeah, it didn't work out. Did not work out. We got Soldiers and Sailors Monument with some water. Anything you want to do. Monument Circle, there's water flowing. Anything. Anything. I was just happy there's water back. Me too. You were so ecstatic. Yeah. And it turned into, how dare you describe it this way? And it just turned into a disaster over here. Very upset with myself. Uh, by the way, College Hoops update, West Virginia, 16-3 to run. Look at CBS. They've been greatly influenced by Fox and Big Ten Network. you got to have the, the run graphic ready to go. You're the older of the two of us. I My Thank childhood, you. I remember the CBS being the front runners with that. March uh-huh. Madness, all the time. So I would argue Fox stole from CBS, but they do do it at a higher clip rate. Okay, so let me get this straight. You're saying back when it was black and white TV? No, 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 that, is that, is that I, where you're I'm going? I'm talking about when Jimmy you were... corporate cook over here, I'm remember? talking about when I was growing up and we had sound coming out of the TV. <laughs> Fair enough. I want to see a change in college basketball. I don't know if you're going to agree with this. Okay. My hunch is you will. All right. But I don't know. You're a wild card there, Jake. Sometimes I am. He's a corporate guy, remember. It has nothing to do with Selection Sunday. We can circle back to that. But it actually just popped into my head. It happened in Purdue's most recent game. Okay? Big Ten Championship game. Fletcher Lawyer gets fouled before the ball is inbounded. It should be like the NBA. That should be a free throw and you still get possession. You should not be able to, as the defensive team, you could pick the worst free throw shooter on the court yeah. and just, oh, I just accidentally bumped into him, and no time goes off the yeah. clock. There's no penalty other than they're shooting free throws, which would happen anyway. It's got to be one free throw, and you still have possession. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an argument there. No, despite the, the wild card status that I sometimes get uh, placed upon me by one Brian No, No, I don't disagree with that. In fact, that's one of those little, like, on the outskirt type rules that I forget about and I confuse like, oh, wait, is this the college way they interpret right. it or is this the NBA? To the point that when that happened, I was like, oh, they're, they're going to get the ball. And I was like, no, wait, that's right. Yeah. College, they do it differently. Yeah, yeah I don't have a problem with that because you're right. You could just pick out, okay, we don't have to worry about if they get the ball in. This guy shoots 54%. Just hug him and we'll get the ball back with a chance I, to win. I don't know why teams don't take advantage of that yeah. more. Yeah, Just pick out the worst free throw shooter and just foul the guy. <laughs> no yeah. time goes uh, yeah, off the I, clock. Unless, I get it, you're, you're trying to get a steal. That's the only counter to that. Right. But if you're playing the foul game, 
and you want to conserve as much time as possible and you want to foul the worst free throw shooter? Like, why aren't you doing that more often? Who wants to chase around two seventy-seven, eighty percent free throw shooting guards with letting ten seconds get off the clock when you just foul a sixty-four percent big man and be done with it? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. That, <laughs> that needs to be changed. And, and they should guard against that where you can't take advantage of the rules that way. Can I add another one to this list? Of, yeah, li- of yeah. rules you don't like in college? I don't like the one in one. Oh, I love one. If one. you're in the bonus, you're in the bonus. You get two free throws. That, I that's love one that and one, one, and it's in part because, like, I get why it is what it is in the NBA, but in college, and particularly with this tournament, I love it. I love the stakes. Yeah. I feel like it's an entertainment factor. I love it. I do too, and I feel like it adds a lot more strategy. Where if you're trailing, and you can play the foul game, and this is going to be your seventh foul. So you get seven, eight, and nine right. are all one and ones. I, I just I like it. Yeah. I, and, and, and that that was a firm no. Yeah. It was a firm thumbs down. <laughs> the, 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 the 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 no cook combo gave gave two thumbs down in the review column. How does it feel to join forces with me finally, I, it, Jimmy? Huh? I, I feel uh, uh I don't have a band. Who'd you say I need to listen to? Oh, Lamb of God. Yeah, I feel like I, thought, I, I feel I like I hear a Lamb of God uh, just I thought epic, for some epic. reason you were trying to describe background. the water, no, 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 the, the thing at the place <laughs> with the, you know, it's the it's the because we're so close to it. It is the geographical or city iconic equivalent of butchering a name. Like had we had Michael Lewis on, you're like the Ball State Paladins because you're looking up at Furman. Like yeah, that would have that's the equivalent. It was, I know that, that's a thing. It's <laughs> it's misleading. I know it's the monument. I know it's Monument Circle. It yeah. was just a. A really bad description. Very I, bad. I wasn't going to bring it up. Todd brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, the Fonz. Woo! LaFonzo Ellis, ESPN college basketball analyst, Notre Dame grad. He'll join us around the corner to talk some March Madness. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I'm Brian No. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. He's Jimmy Cook here on the fan. I'm fired up here, Jimmy Cook. It's not just because the tournament is underway. It's because we're talking to the Fonz, yes. Fonzo Ellis, ESPN college basketball analyst. Fonz, I'll tell you a quick story, buddy. So the last time I bumped into you, you were still playing at Notre Dame. I'm oh, from wow. South Bend. I don't remember. Are you really? Yeah, I am. That's where I'm from. And Where'd you go to high school? LaSalle is where I went. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And uh, you guys won a game. It might have been, my memory's very fuzzy. It might have been the NIT. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. And uh, we, we stormed the court. I literally went up to you and just kind of like smacked your chest, like, way to go, Fonz. <laughs> like that, that's the last time we bumped into each other, LaFonzo. How did I respond? Uh, you were just happy. 
I don't even know if you looked down. You were just like, yeah, Irish. You know, you yeah, were just, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. happy about it. Yeah. Well, that last, that last that last home win got us an opportunity to go to the Madison Square Garden to the Final Four, so we were pumped. That's very cool, man. What gets you pumped up the most about this year's NCAA tournament? The fact that my youngest son, Walter Ellis, who plays for Grand Canyon University, has an opportunity to experience the NCAA tournament for the first time in his uh, five-year career. And, of course, they'll be playing against Gonzaga. So my bosses at ESPN allowed me to be able to fly here uh, to Denver. Of course, I'm, I'm on a work uh, enjoyment trip. Enjoyment from the standpoint is I'll get a chance to watch my boy play and his team at 7.35 tomorrow night. And uh, while at the same time watching all of the games in preparation for several sports center hits that I'll have to do as well. Fonz, obviously your son and Grand Canyon, they win their conference tournament. Obviously you get to soak that in as well. I'm sure that anything, obviously a father's always going to be proud of their sons and their accomplishment, but but what has this whole process been like in, in this ride over your son's career to this point? Oh, it's been it's been great. I, I tell them when he first, he graduated, he went to Bucknell, uh, graduated in three years from Bucknell. They were preseason picked number one in the conference his freshman year, and I think won their second year. But they ended up losing to Colgate in both years in the finals, and so yeah, obviously a bit of heartbreak there. And then his uh, final year there, his third season, they ended up losing at Boston University in the semifinals. And so the NCAA tournament has eluded him for four of his years, and then all of a sudden in his final year at Grand Canyon, uh, as a team who was picked number one in the preseason, but our best player and preseason um, preseason player of the year uh, blew out his ACL in the middle part, just as our conference play began. And so that put us a little sideways, and it took us a while to kind of find our legs, uh, so to speak. And so we ended up finishing fifth overall. So obviously having to go into the WAC tournament and win all of our games to get to the tournament. And those guys, just a, I, I just enjoy seeing young people have to deal with the level of adversity and find a way uh, to make whatever that dream or goal is possible. And certainly for them, that was the case. They ended up beating the number one seed uh, in the uh, WAC tournament. And so it just speaks to how, how the maturity, the growth, the, the trust in the process, the trust in each other, the camaraderie that these guys have been able to develop through the course of a, a very challenging season. So I couldn't be more proud of the Grand Canyon Lopes. He's LaFonso Ellis, ESPN college basketball analyst, joining us here on The Fan. I find it interesting, Fonz, where you look at Grand Canyon taking on Gonzaga – and it wasn't that long ago that Gonzaga was just fighting to be relevant. And the job that yes. Mark Few has done, if your son and Grand Canyon take them down, that's beating a brand-named school if they're able to pull off that upset. Uh, there's no question about it. Mark Few has done a tremendous job over the last 20 years. And to your point, a school that didn't have any national relevance, it seems like every single year, especially since I've been at ESPN for the last 14, you know, we, we're talking about uh, not Gonzaga, an unknown quantity, but a known quantity. And the question has been, can they win the national title? And uh, he has another uh, really special team this year. I don't think they're as good as the last uh, three teams that they've had. But anytime you have Drew Timmy still out there on the floor, who's an absolute monster, you have an opportunity to win a lot of games. Nate Watson has been playing really well over the last four games. 
Uh, he plays the power forward or center spot, depending on where they have Drew Timmy out there on the floor. Uh, they they can shoot it. They don't play. They they play fast, but not as fast as they have in the past. They don't shoot it as well as they have uh, the last three years. But they're still very very dangerous. And I think we saw had an opportunity to see St. Mary's beat them early in the year on St. Mary's floor. But you talk about the adjustments that Mark Few makes. He went to a three-quarter court press, uh, both in the uh, second game that they met and certainly in the in the final game of the WCC championship. And he did it really – when you put full-court pressure on, you do it to either force a team in the turnovers or to force a team to have to milk some clock so that they get the basketball over the floor with only 20 seconds on the clock. St. Mary's is one of those efficient teams that likes to grind you on long shot clock situations then maybe take a shot uh, with five seconds on the clock. And that just speaks to his brilliance. And it took Aiden Mahaney, one of the best freshmen in the country, the talented point guard, completely out of the game. And if Aiden Mahaney can't make shots for them, especially down the stretch that St. Mary's, uh, they they don't win. And, And it just speaks to uh, his brilliance. He's done a fantastic job with the Gonzaga program. Fonz, I'm sure you've obviously you've seen Grand Canyon the whole way, but you already mentioned kind of the scouting report on Gonzaga. We all love upsets. Obviously, you'd be thrilled if uh, your son Walter and company go ahead and pull the upset against the Bulldogs. What needs to happen on the Grand Canyon side? I know Seth always likes to talk of the art of the upset. What do you need to see from Grand Canyon for them to get that done? Yeah, we've got to take them out of their initial punch, their, their, their transition game. They're so good in transition because the, Drew Timmy sprints the middle of the floor and he stands right in front of the rim. And one of the, and that's one of the most difficult areas to defend on the floor because the defensive player has to make a decision. Are they going to front? Are they going to play inside? Or are they going to play in back? Most people play in back. And if Drew Timmy gets two feet in the paint, you can absolutely forget about it. And then when he, then the, what they do is what makes them different from most teams. Most teams who can't get a uh, early opportunity in their transition game, uh, they kind of reset. They don't. They go into what they call the flow game, which is all of these different different options out of their initial push that they don't get. And so we got to be really alert on the weak side, keep them off the glass, make Drew Timmy have to make shots over uh, our center, Ivan Mudrago, because he's really good with his footwork and creating angles. If you make him score over the top, he has a difficult time. But if you let him get angles to the basket, uh, you, you can absolutely forget about it. So it first starts with the transition game, second dealing with Drew Timmy, and then you kind of have to pick your poison in the half court, whether you want to double-team him. And if you double-team him, you got to do it on the first dribble. You can't allow him to get two, three dribbles and get two feet in the paint. And so if we can take away their transition game, neutralize, you can't stop him, but you can neutralize Timmy, and we can make shots the way we've been able to make shots. We have a chance. It's a fighting chance, but we have a chance. And yeah, we had the privilege. I had the privilege of being uh, the starting power forward on the first number eight seed to be the number one seed here in Denver, my old team. It will be absolutely incredible, an absolutely incredible family moment to see my youngest son then come back to Denver and knock off uh, one of the best teams in the country in the Gonzaga Bulldogs in the city that it happened for me for, uh, what, 28 years ago. How about this, LaFonzo Lafonso Ellis joining us here, ESPN College Basketball Analyst. Which team do you ultimately like the most to win it all? And what's your level of confidence in that team, considering how wide open this tournament seems to be? Yeah, it's, I've been pretty consistent with it since November. Alabama is the deepest, uh, most talented team in the country. And uh, Brandon Miller, six, he'll, he'll be 
he'll be at least a top five pick in this year's NBA draft. 6'9", essentially a point guard, ability to be able to play in ball screen situations. You go under, he shoots over 40% from the three-point line. You chase him, he's got a nice mid-range pull-up game, or he gets to the basket and finishes with either hand around the rim. He's an excellent and willing passer, and so if you come and you cut him off, he's so good at coming to a two-foot jump stop and making that extra pass. Noah Clowney, 6'10", long, athletic, uh, power forward for them. Uh, he's kind of their unsung hero because they don't run offense for him necessarily. He rebounds, he blocks shots, he's able to switch and defend one through five. He can knock down open threes. Charles Bidiaco, a seven-foot center, uh, he's so good at defending the rim. Alabama gets a lot of credit for how well they scored, but people don't realize they're also one of the top 15 teams in terms of defensive efficiency as well. They shoot a lot of threes, make 11 made threes per game. The key for them is going to be uh, Ken Mark Sears, who the transfer from Ohio, who is an excellent deep ball shooter. He's just really struggled shooting the basketball over the last 10 games. If he makes shots, then they're, they're, they're almost unguardable. And, and so I've liked, I've, I've liked this Alabama team really from the end of November from the time that I saw them because they have so many different ways that they can beat you. And the fact that Javon Quinterly, who was injured in the NCAA tournament last year, is now back and fully healthy, shooting over 40% from the three-point line in conference play. Another playmaker, because in, in conference in, in the NCAA tournament, you're going to run into those elite defensive teams that take you out of your offense. Now do you have enough players on the floor who can create one-on-one plays for themselves and their teammates? And Alabama has like three of them who can do that. And so I'm big on Alabama. The only concern I have is that they're young and will the inexperience play a factor in a big game? It's possible, but I don't see it because they've been through so much this season. Fonz, we're going to talk to your cohort in Seth Greenberg tomorrow. I'm wondering either a, a nugget, either on a positive side of a nugget that we I'm not going to tell him we talked to you, but something we could pass along to him so he'll know that we talked to you today, whether it is something about his final four teams, whether it's just any type of nugget about the tournament where he's going to know, oh, so you, you guys talked to Fonz yesterday. Oh, well, uh, the, 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 it's, it's really weird because, of course, he's coming at it from a coaching perspective right. and I come at it from a player perspective. But he and I almost always agree, uh, and it happens all the time. So uh, to your point, so let's say your producer hit us up last night and uh, independently and asked us what are the keys to an upcoming game. We almost always have the same. <laughs> we almost <laughs> always have the same response. It's just me coming at it from a player perspective and he from a coaching's perspective. And so sure enough, uh, most people don't know this, but the brackets that you all see publicized uh, from each of us, from Jay, uh, Billis, from, from Seth to me, is because we don't own the rights to the tournament, CBS, of course, is doing the tournament reveal. Well, we're doing shows during that time, and we have to fill out our bracket like in five minutes. So we, we don't get a chance to think about it. We don't get a chance to you know <laughs> apply the fact that all of the information that we've accumulated about these teams, we have to just make it on the fly. Man. And so on the fly, Seth and I chose the same <laughs> identical Final Four, and it's been consistent like that since we built each other. It's so weird.
weird. That's awesome. LaFonso, I just love that you're such an upbeat guy. I want to take it a different path over here. What ticks you off, LaFonso? There's got to be something. Is it You didn't use your turn signal, really? There's got to be something in your list of small annoyances in life. I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy going. You know, I'm, I, everybody says that. I, I tell everybody, I think I'm a sinner, right? I think like everybody does. I just try not to say what I'm thinking. I try not, act, try not to act on, on, on what I'm thinking. But, yeah, all, all of us have little, little, little I, I'd say uh, what could get me on edge is uh, any – Anyone that the great God has given to my care, whether it be family, friends, or a team, if someone crosses or, or, mm. or threatens them, that can get me a little low, low, low on edge. And I think that's just naturally the gift that God's given me to be a protector of both my family, friends, and others who, who uh, have been entrusted to my care. Well, hey, LaFon, so you're the man. Really enjoyed uh, you popping on today for a, a few minutes, and I uh, hope you really enjoyed the tournament. And best of luck to your son, man. It's awesome that you get to be there and experience that in person. Oh, I'm so I'm so very grateful. My ESPN bosses are so generous, and I, I thank them for the opportunity to be able to come out and do it. Cool, man. We'll catch you down the road, LaFonso. Thanks, Fonz. Appreciate you guys having me on. Have a great day. You too. too. LaFonso Ellis, ESPN college basketball analyst. That's awesome. That's really cool that he gets to be there. Uh, that, that would be one thing that would annoy him. If they're like, all right, Fonz, we need analysis on this Gonzaga 89-63 to 63 win over Grand Canyon. You break it down for us, okay? Like, well, I think he was still on <laughs> I think he was still on remote because as we were planning this, he's like, hey, I need to see if I have any ESPN responsibilities. Like, hey, yeah, no problem. Whatever, yeah, yeah. you can get that. So I don't. he never revealed what that schedule was, but he did have time for us today. Uh, but yeah, who knows? He could be 10 minutes from now, need a live reaction with Seth live from Denver. By the way, uh, if one was to... Bet, just say 12 measly dollars. 12 uh-huh. measly dollars on Grand Canyon right now. I think you'd make about 126 bucks. The reason I know that wow. is because I did it. You did it! Let's go, Grand Canyon! I don't care about the bracket. I don't measly? care that I have the Zags in the Elite Eight. Measly dollars? I mean... Do we want to talk about the type of wagers that you made last night? I think 12 is relatively measly when we compare to what you and I have been doing recently, sir. <laughs> it's any big bank Garrison over there. Eddie's not messing Be careful over there. <laughs> have they been winning bets, they Eddie? They oh, yeah. Nice. I think I'm like 16 and 3 in my last 19. Look at you. It's unreal. Hey, by the way, because you texted the group the other night. Yeah. You had. Tory Craig under six and a half points. Bingo. He had six points early. Yeah. Was it the tooth getting knocked out that took him out of the game? So no, because he continued to play he after did that. Play okay. But Phoenix made a run with Ish Wainwright on the floor, so they left him out there with the other starting four. And Tory hasn't really been finishing many of the games for them because if he's not not making shots, there's no reason for him to be out there. And I think Ish Wainwright provides a little more toughness on the defensive end. Uh, when you're going against the Milwaukee Bucks team, when you're facing Bobby Portis and Giannis and Brooke Lopez, except Drew Holiday, uh, I don't I don't think Middleton played for them in that game. But uh, when you're facing Milwaukee, you need some toughness, and I think ish provides a little more of that so i think that's why they went with him so i wasn't mad i for sure thought though after the tooth came out they called the timeout yeah he got the first shot after the time i was like no it's the worst it's the worst when you are literally hanging by an under thread like for instance eddie had under six and a half points and you've got tory craig sitting there at six points i followed your uh jordan pool advice 
the other night. Same thing happened. Bingo. He needed one more point or one more rebound. No, it was, he was two. two points it was two. away. He's two points away. He had a shot at the very end. It was funny how it worked out, Jimmy. This is when you know you're rolling right here, Eddie. So um, the Warriors are crushing whoever they're playing. Eddie said, take the under, I think it was 22 and a half points and rebounds, Jordan Poole. He's sitting there at 21. They're blowing him out. Jordan Poole is out of the game. This is great. He's not on the floor. It's such a blowout. They bring him back. Uh, they take the like, starters out. I was out. like, oh no. And he oh, is no. like, he's got a phobia for passing the rock. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh no. He's going to jack up some crazy three and it's going to screw me. So first shot in garbage time, it's Jordan Poole. And luckily he missed. It was like a little mid-range shot and he didn't take another shot. So we got there. We got there. Jimmy. By the way, update on the games here. We've got West Virginia up by three over Maryland with about five minutes to go. Uh, we got a drought. We got a scoring drought in Furman taking on Virginia. Three minutes for Virginia. They've yet to show Furman. Furman's had three opportunities now to get this inside of Oh, and they just seven. did. There we go. All right. We now got, we got three. life. We got life for the Paladins. I do like that. So the CBS graphic, well, actually it's True TV. They might do it for all of them. But uh, it flashes the name, the nickname of the team if they shoot. If they, if they make a shot, so it just said Paladins, and then they added three points. I like that. It's really good. I've yet to, I'm, are you a big scorebug guy? I'm a big scorebug guy. I like when there's little intricacies. Hold on. So you're yeah. you're a big scorebug guy, but you're not a big court guy. Yeah, there's a difference. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But here's the thing. And I <laughs> mentioned this. I know we don't want to fully open up this can of worms, but I don't trust officials already as it is. Uh, no disrespect to the profession, but kind of disrespect to the profession. I don't need wacky court designs confusing if it was a three or a two because we can't have a good camera angle to figure out where it was. Scorebug doesn't impact that. I just need a little more personality. That's all with my courts. I'm used to you and I Boise, agree with the Idaho. middle somewhere. You and I, we, we didn't really establish, we yeah. didn't create a court on NBA 2K or anything like right. that. But we met in the middle. This is a little too corporate. Yeah. I need a little bit more personality going on. I mean, I on suppose there is a difference. Like what we talked about, I think it was earlier in the week, the different colors and the, the city names at the top of them. But yeah, outside I, of that, it's like, come on. I don't need the uh, the trees from Oregon, or I don't need you to go ballistic. You don't over need here. someone to spill seven buckets of paint on the court and nah. try to figure out where everything is. Um, what I else? do like that. To Eddie's point, so you have to describe this to the listening audience. You can't see it unless you're watching the games and listen to us. In which case, God bless you. But uh, you have, based on where the city is, yeah, you have different colors outside the court. Maybe that is how you meet in the middle. You're not messing with the court itself, but the exterior you still see on TV. Orlando, okay, we got a green going on. It's a small step. Orlando's orange. It's a small step in the right direction, but I just noticed Orlando there. Most of the game, we're looking at the baseline. The baseline shouldn't say first round. That's where it should say Orlando. So I know where they're at. That center court, terrible. It's a different color. They read your letter. I'm not going to memorize, oh, green is is uh, wherever. I, where's the green court at? The green is somewhere. <laughs> we don't know. Because we're looking Birmingham, at Birmingham, I don't know. I, I really don't uh, know. We, ha- we haven't had a chance to study the court See, yet, so. that's my point. Is one baseline says the road to the final four. The other baseline says first round. Like yeah. I can find it. I don't know if I'll be able to find anybody into the show, but they do it every year. Somewhere on the NCAA basketball official Twitter account, they have sent out what the courts are for each site. 
that exists because they hype it up every year. Here's what it looks for the first round at these sites and these sites. So we can find that data, but I'm focused on getting bets in. That's why the court. Hey, yeah, there you go. Can I say something controversial real fast here? If I say no, are you not going to? No. All right, good. Let's go. Let's proceed. <laughs> you, you tell me if you agree or disagree. Okay. Caddyshack. And let me preface this. I'm, I'm not trying to tick off anybody here. I'm hoping you have a good day. But I, I got to be honest with you. Caddyshack is the most overrated movie ever made. Thumbs up or thumbs down on that one? I, I've always seen Caddyshack once because, again, people get it, it's a generational thing. I've done it before. People get mad at the younger generation when they haven't seen films and movies. Uh-huh. Caddyshack made me laugh. I'm not going to uh, d- besmirch it and say it's overrated because I don't know where to rate it at. But <laughs> but that being said, I've seen a number of people, our uh, ADP Todd Meyer included, uh-huh. that have that reaction. So maybe it is. I don't, I don't know. Strong, I, would I hate say being on the fence, but I am with that. I can't do it. I, a fierce fondness for the movie. Maybe yes. that's what's going on. It was this is way back in my radio days. One of the person, one of the people that I worked with, just was salivating, just drooling. Oh, Caddyshack! You got you haven't seen Caddyshack? You haven't seen Caddyshack? I saw it. I, I was, <laughs> I was watching it in spurts. Okay, I could handle maybe like. 20 minutes, I had to take a timeout. I had, I'm like, I'll, I'll pick it back up. I literally, I could not sit through the whole thing. Caddyshack or Cocaine Bear again? Cocaine Bear all day. Wow, and Cocaine Bear man. was awful. Okay. Awful. You, Eddie, where do you stand? Yeah, I will there? draw a line Can't there, say man. I've seen Caddyshacks or Cocaine Bear, so I can't. You're not missing in. anything, man. You're doing just fine live betting Maryland and West Virginia. Just stick with that, man. Yeah. You're better off in that lane. Invest your riches elsewhere. Don't do it. Don't do it on Caddyshack <laughs> and Cocaine Bear, apparently. I just don't get it, man. And I like the cast. Like Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield is funny. Yeah. Bill Murray is hilarious. Just not in that movie. I thought it was just bad Saturday Night Live skit after bad Saturday Night Live skit. I freaking hated it. It's my reaction when people have that, oh, you've never seen that, is usually downplay. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I need to get to it. Yours, I don't see it very often, was immediately, oh, it's the most overrated movie ever. And I'm like, wow. Like, so I've already heard the controversial take, but also I feel like it was a little disingenuous of me to be like, I'm not saying this for any reason other than you know darn well when we go to break, uh, Todd's going to walk in here. Todd's going to put me. Is, is he going to go? i he hasn't yet. Is he going stone cold, stone cold stunner? Is he going to go? He's walking in right now. Is he going to go Undertaker? Uh, he's what? gonna he's gonna undertake or choke slam me into the thingy. Is it, would that AKA be a, would the that be, soldiers and sailors? Is, is it, that's the pile driver. Tombstone the pile driver. Tombstone pile yeah. driver. I, he might do that. Oh, there he is. Oh, if they turn he, on the lights, he's chewing his gum like Mike Ditka right now. He's ready. He's, I want a piece of you. No, I want it right now. Go to break. See what happens. Maybe I shouldn't go to break. You want to talk about Lamar Jackson right now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, coming up next. Who's better for who? When it comes to Lamar and the Colts, a couple of things we have to talk about. That's on the way. I'm Brian No. He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I'm Brian No. He's Jimmy Cook. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. 
Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Book here on the fan. You a karaoke guy over there, Jimmy? I never seek it out. <laughs> I know it's a weird answer, but like a karaoke bar is where you go. That was never like in college. I was never craving. Yeah, I gotta go to a karaoke <laughs> bar. Like so, no. Your I'm boys not. aren't karaoke night. No, Let's tear no, it, it up. It, no, the, yeah. the night never got crazy enough to where it was like, ah, oh, we need to find a karaoke bar. In fact, and this is one of those things where I'm at the risk of showing ignorance. <laughs> I'm putting myself vulnerable here. I don't know if there is a karaoke bar in Bloomington. I I don't know. Hmm. I was usually I usually didn't make it that far. By the time we got to sports, I was, it was that was it. I would assume there is. I would assume there are probably a couple over there. I just I don't know. Uh, you living on a prayer just made me think karaoke immediately. I've done karaoke maybe twice in my life. No, you've told me this story. I'm I'm a horrible. I'm one of the worst yeah. karaoke singers you could have. Awful. You struggle with the the the, the note variation i i struggle with range yes i've got one note yeah. i don't know what it is i'd like to know which note it is it's like actually that's an e note brian is what you sing the no whole doesn't whole know time. There, there, there's a there's a great nose notes segment in the future though uh not necessarily singing but maybe factoids for the day there you go nose notes yeah i like that i do like that as well not bad right there okay so if we get to the colts here jimmy lamar jackson he is a uh, rumored quarterback for the colts and I just thought this morning before the show, I can understand why in Indianapolis we look at it from one point of view, which is what would Lamar provide for the Colts? That's the, the normal way to look at it. If we flip that around, what do the Colts provide for Lamar? I mean, really, when you start looking at this, why would Lamar be geeked to play for the Colts? It's a 4-12-1 football team from last season. You start looking at the roster. The offensive line regressed. They don't have a true number one receiver. And Michael Pittman Jr. is good. He's not an upper echelon. He's not close to that. Like the Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, yada, yada, yada. Is it much better than where he currently is in Baltimore? This isn't just, hey, Lamar comes here and all of a sudden you've got a franchise quarterback and the Colts can challenge it. Why do the Colts put Lamar in a better situation than where he's at right now? This isn't just about trying to win the AFC South. This is trying to get over Mahomes and the Chiefs, Burrow and the Bengals, all these other teams that are there. Like, maybe Rodgers and the Jets. Like, what do the Colts do for Lamar? So, a couple things to attack there. First... The Ravens, I have felt like, have done a massive disservice to Lamar in terms of what they've built around him. They have a a studded tight end in Mark Andrews, and that's fine. But I was never on the Hollywood Brown train. I I know that he got dealt away, but I was never on that train. His receiving weapons, I've never felt like, are high level. And they've had a number of running back injuries over the last two, three, four seasons. The Colts and the Ravens really aren't that far apart from one another when I think if you add Lamar Jackson to either team, the same things happen. When he's healthy, they are a playoff team and they are winning 10, 
12 games. When he's not there, when you don't have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, you're what the Ravens were last year, which is uh, whatever, five, six-win team, four-win team. I don't remember what they were offhand, but their record without him is about what the Colts were last season. So I don't really think there's a massive gain of – it's a net negative or net positive, right? There, there's no massive gap between the two franchises. But your larger point of the easy answer of what the Colts provide to Lamar if they were to bring him in in this hypothetical – is if they give him the guaranteed money. He right. wants to feel valued. He wants to feel appreciated. He wants to feel he's getting the contract he thinks he's worth. I don't see a massive difference between these two franchises in terms of what their roster is right now. Like I, I don't, I don't think it's a it's a net gain either way. It's interesting that I hear you. I hear you on that because take Lamar away from the Ravens. What do you have? Doo doo. Look at the Colts without Lamar. Same. I would say it's like a little more doo-doo. Like, 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 don't, like don't be wrong, you have stability there with Harbaugh. I am not discrediting that. Right. I'm not discrediting their defense, but in terms of what he'd be operating, he's not a defensive player, obviously. He's playing on the offensive side of the ball. It's it really not way. that much of a difference. If it put was it, Miami and Baltimore, then now you're talking. Put it this way. So the Ravens, they went toe-to-toe with the Bengals in a playoff game started by Tyler Huntley. Yeah. What do you think the Colts would have done in a playoff game against the Bengals? Do you subscribe to the notion that those divisional matchups, seeing a team for a third time, mm. those are always uglier games? Do you subscribe to that? Because I do. There's some. There's some to that. And I feel like that. that was that. There's some to that, but... No, but... I mean, that that gives you... Okay, it swings it a handful yeah. of points. Okay, okay yeah. fine, but... But no, I don't think the Colts hang with it. I think it's a, it's a two-score win for the Bengals at minimum. Annihilated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who's under center for the Colts yeah. in that? Like, put Tyler Huntley. Put Tyler Huntley with no, the Colts. Yeah, no, no, no chance. Uh-uh. Yeah, It'd be a, ugly. That's a, that's a blowout. That's give me the points. Don't care what they are type of deal. And for the Ravens, I mean, that's a fumble that goes 90-some yards that swings they were the entire there. game. They were there. They were right there to win it. I was right there watching it. You were. In person? Eddie's girlfriend's yes. a massive uh, wow. Bengals fan. Yeah, that, the punch out was on our end, so we got to see the back of Sam Hubbard going the other way. Shout out to Liv. Oh, wow, that's crazy right there. Uh, but yeah, I just I look at it from that point of view where look at the AFC. Even if Lamar is here in Indianapolis, I know the town would be mostly excited. Yeah. That's a former MVP, yada, yada. And I, I don't want to get lost in the weeds. Lamar had a great season in 2019. I would argue he hasn't had a great career year in and year out putting up MVP-type numbers. That's just factually yeah. correct. Oh. He's thrown 33 touchdowns and 20 picks the last couple of years. That's not anything insane. So, yeah, it would make the Colts better, but how did the Colts make Lamar better? Like, you're competing with Chiefs, uh, Bills, Bengals, maybe the Jets. Oh, by the way, the Dolphins have a ton of talent. If they have a quarterback that remains upright... Miami That's a makes tough out. Miami makes so much sense if they were able to acquire him because you could argue that well, you couldn't argue, you could say it when he's healthy that he's far better than to a full body of work when they're both healthy. But when you use a team like the Colts, the answer is they don't, but it, it's pretty much the same for me as if he stays in Baltimore, other than they would be giving up the guaranteed money. And I know we're, we're there's a number of reasons we're talking about this, but the primary one is Lamar is at such a precarious spot for a team like the Colts where they're never going to do both for a player with his injury history, for a player with his kind of up and down play post MVP season. 
I could see them paying the guaranteed money. I could see them giving up the first round picks. I, I can't see both happening. You know what I could also see? I don't know if this would be correct or not, but I could see it. This is sobering when you look at where the Colts roster is right now. Imagine if Lamar had the best offer from the Colts. Think how many other potential situations are out there where he might be willing to take a financial haircut yeah. to be on a better roster. I mean, really, that that could be part of the equation, too, is, I, I don't know, let's just say I, Colts offered a fully guaranteed Deshaun Watson-type deal. Sure. Does Lamar say, done, I'm there, India it is, monument circle, with the fountain and the you know based on the way he's posting on twitter yes i think he would <laughs> okay, i maybe. do but but could it happen where it's not fully guaranteed we, we get you 230 point we'll give you 231 because kyler murray is 230.5 sure. right we'll get you 231 not fully guaranteed but it's a better roster it's a better situation what do you say lamar fully guaranteed an indy or not fully guaranteed somewhere else i could see him not taking the fully guaranteed deal if it's a better supporting cast. So let me flip that coin around for you, though. The scenario you painted out, it's a lesser offer in a couple different areas, a couple financial concessions you have to make. Do you match that if you're Baltimore? Well, that's the other part. Because they have the boogeyman aspect that's of right. if you go lower, that's fine. We're just going to match it and yeah, no harm done. I think it would have to be in the ball. It's a fine line to walk. Of a fully guaranteed yeah. contract yeah. where if I'm the Ravens, I'm like... Bro, we got to walk away. That's just too rich considering the numbers have dipped. He's been banged up a lot. Right. We know it's a risk either way. If you back up the Brinks truck with a Deshaun Watson type deal, everything I just explained is staring at you in the face. The other part of this is if you let him go, you get some compensation, but he's good enough. If he's blessed with better health, he could haunt you yeah. for years. You like mentioned that. the sobering part about the Colts roster. If I was... If the Colts were in Miami's boat, I would be clamoring and banging on the table for them to go get him because I think it'd be a match made in heaven and you're a player away. You were that position away from figuring it out. That's the sobering part about the Colts roster. They're not. And that's the other part is one of the biggest selling points you have for the Colts roster is Jonathan Taylor. And I'm telling you, you know how it goes, Jimmy. I've been preaching it. He's going to get dealt. Dude. Uh, like, they're, either they're going to overpay him, which you see a couple franchises do it and have buyer's remorse like the Panthers yeah. did, or... You keep him, and you get a more team-friendly deal. The running backs have a short shelf Zeke life. is gone. Zeke is gone. <laughs> Austin Eckler's looking for a trade. Let me on Bell. <laughs> See you later. Like, just look at the last five to seven years. They, they do not matter. Yeah. I love Jonathan Taylor as a person and as a player. They are the most dispensable position in football. And that's right. And that's what I'm saying is, if you're looking at what do the Colts the provide yeah. for Lamar Jackson, if one of the first things out of your mouth is, well, Jonathan Taylor's a stud. Yeah, he is right now. It's not we have. It is we will try to get is what you're selling, Lamar. There's no baseline yeah. that you already have in your possession. You're going to have to go acquire. By yeah. the way, no, I applaud you right now for being fully focused with these two craziness of games going on right now. I would not have been had it not been Utah State, Missouri on that TV. I haven't looked back. I didn't realize that this is suddenly a we got one a one point, point game. game. Maryland over West Virginia with eight point four seconds to go. Maryland has the ball, so just foul the guy that's the worst free throw shooter, right, Jimmy? No time goes off the exactly. clock. <laughs> well, that could be anyone for Maryland because oh, they are to... struggling. Uh oh. 
Just call timeout, man. They got a foul. Got a foul. But no, they so let too only, much time run off the yeah, clock. You go from only, eight five to four two. Yeah, four two left. Just yeah, I mean, foul the worst it, free throw shooter off the ball. With how that played out, again, obviously the audience can't see it. You're trying to force a jump out there. I get it, but you have to be aware of the time that's coming off. It's I mean, too it, much time yeah. going off. By the way, our Furman Paladins gave it a spirited effort. They're still in it. A minute to go, down by three. We need a score here, Jimmy. Our bracket needs a score badly. Let's see who's going to win, Eddie or Jimmy. Oh, gosh. Tried to spin baseline. Uh-oh. Out of bounds. Eddie that's... looks like he's going to win again. Mm, that's a rough one right there. Ouch. We will lick our wounds, and we will come back spry to close it out here. Uh, we've Day's got, not over. We got plenty of games left. Oh, We're just getting started, baby. We might fire away in the next segment over here. We'll see if uh, Eddie Big Bank slash In Game Garrison. <laughs> That's true. Has any picks for us? I know Jimmy does. We'll get your bets before we get out of here. Oh, and some some bad news to to run your way uh, before we uh, call it a day as well. I'm Brian. No, he's Jimmy Cook. It's ninety three five and one zero seven five. The fan. Oh, baby, Brian No and Jimmy Cook with you here on The Fan. I'll tell you what, you deserve a bonus over here, Jimmy Cook. Your IHSAA read <laughs> when we're watching Furman against Virginia. So here's the thing. Jimmy's in mid-read. Virginia, it on the copy. Virginia's up by two points, about 12 seconds to go. They inbound it, a little trap in the corner, Panic. They go quarterback pass to midcourt. Picked off Furman with a three. Nearly NBA range to take a one-point lead. Furman leads by one point with 2.4 to go. You know what? I thought you were losing your mind over a first half total that you cashed because <laughs> I didn't know. I thought the game oh, was here over. it is at the buzzer. Oh, Virginia almost Paladin, banked baby. it in. They're out of here. See you, Virginia. Play some offense. Nothing Would you- like going from one and two to two and one on the day in the blink of an eye without even realizing it. Yeah, I just assumed because you love those first half bets. I'm like, man, Brian must have had a ton of money on one of these first half unders. I, I thought the game was dead to rights. So I was locked in on the copy. <laughs> Uh, I would not have been as professional had it been on the TV directly behind you, but it was not. We got a Reese's commercial instead. Well done by you. Way to go, Paladins. Well done More bets, please? More bets? I just think it's hilarious. I was reacting in joy and amazement, and your first thought is, Wow, no must have lost a lot of money on a first half. To be clear, no, no, I thought you won. (laughs) Because I I, I knew it was positive, and I was like, oh man, you had a winning ticket that cashed, because that went to bed when I went to read the copy. I was like, all right. Good run. Way to go, Paladins. You know what I think? In all seriousness, I think that, like, we'll gamble on games. Sure. You know what I mean? And it's exhilarating when you win like that. You can't lose that even when you don't have a penny on the game. You know what I mean? Like, I I didn't have one cent. And it was still awesome. It was freaking awesome that Furman comes back and wins like that. That is how you celebrate the the purest fans of March Madness from... People that are either just in it because, oh, it's a thing to do, or, okay, we're going to gamble some money on it. Yeah, had I seen it live, oh, I would have been losing my mind regardless if I had money on it because that's March. I love the upsets. Man, it's the, the old Paladins. school thrill of victory, the agony of defeat as Virginia walks off the court. Some Purdue fans, uh, uh. I won't name names, but if you listen to the show, you understand <laughs> it. Drinking a couple tears there after uh, Virginia uh, gave Purdue a little uh, helter skelter last second action a couple years ago that prevented them from going to the Final Four. Yeah. Obviously, this is much earlier with smaller stakes, but 
still a season was on the line. Uh, Purdue fans aren't going to have any sympathy there. You know, the other crazy Rightfully part, so. before we get to your bets here, you know what's crazy is that play where the Virginia player just tosses it up for grabs at mid, at, at center court, or at midcourt, I mean, uh, that's going to haunt him. You know Forever. what I mean? Like Forever. We just moved on. Like, hey, what are the next games coming up? Like, that guy will think about that play for years and years yeah. and years. It's amazing how it works out like that. You just turn the page. But if you're involved, oh, it's yeah, the, it's, turn it's, the pages it's the, easily. It's the beauty and the just horror of March for the student-athletes, particularly in games like that. Someone is remembered as the hero, and, and somebody's the one that coughed it up. It's tough. Okay, uh, let's get to some bets over here. Hopefully there's no coughing it up in this segment. What do you say? The Jay Cook Plays of the Day. This is me, all right? I'm not a athlete. This is my way. This is how I win. I know you're not always big on these, so I'll be up front. One spread bet, three money line bets in the action this afternoon. This Are one you starts doing what I in... think you're doing? What do you think I'm doing? Do we no. have time to explain gonna, what you think you're I'm gonna doing? You're going to buy down the... No, no, no. There's no buying down because it's already there for me. There's no hooks being bought, nothing like that, nothing to irritate you, even mm-hmm. though that's smart sometimes. Uh, I'm going to take <laughs> Charleston over San Diego State, just straight up, plus 200. That's at 310, so you got about 15 minutes or so to get that bet in. Also going to okay. take Northwest... That's plus 200, like I said. Northwestern on the money line over Boise State, minus 125. Texas A&M... Minus 150, you're giving up juice there, I understand. I'm taking them against Penn State. I think that's a down-of-the-wire game. Duke laying the six against Oral Roberts, that one at 7-10. Like I said, 2-1 and for today's action. Uh, 5-2 and on the week. Plays always active here in... We're not a command center anymore. We used to be a couple years ago. But here we are. You got any bets? Not yet. Eddie? Late bloomer. Uh, I was on Oral <laughs> Roberts plus six against Duke. I think the offense for Oral Roberts will okay. keep them in the game throughout no matter what. The only thing I'm concerned about is some late foulage. Sure. You know, you get a backdoor cover there, but uh, that's where I would go. Okay. Duke plus six. I haven't really looked at the NBA slate with, you know, everything going on March Madness-wise, so I'll take a quick gander here before the end of the show, see if I can get something in 60 seconds. Go. Okay, very nice. Tomorrow we're at Bottleworks. That's right. We're going to be live in the flesh. Everybody come out there. Watch the March Madness. Already got an opportunity to see JMV there today. Come up here in just a second, and then we'll be back getting the baton tomorrow. I, I love nice. it. I'm very, very nice. excited for remote. They have plenty of screens going on for the Madness. It's going to be a great time. By the way... Some bad news. Normally oh, no. we try to close on a, a good I note. I should have saved the bottle works for the end then. Bad news over here. Edwin Diaz. Yeah. He's the closer of the Mets. He's done for the season. He got hurt during the World Baseball Classic. Puerto Rico beat the Dominican yesterday. 5-2. to two. They're celebrating. So just picture the whole team just kind of jumping up and down, jumping up and down. We're celebrating. Nothing crazy. And Edwin Diaz goes down. Yeah. Knee injury. He's done for the entire season, man. That's every fan's worst nightmare when the World Baseball Classic is going on. That's why some players, for paranoid reasons, didn't play. I, I My heart breaks for Edwin Diaz and Mets fans. It's tough. Me too. Um, we're at Bottle Works tomorrow, though, huh? Yeah, 12 to 3. Come on, see us. Solid. Solid way to end it. JMV coming up next. We'll catch you tomorrow. Have a good one.